Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. So we are in our 15th, 15th Teamless Tuesday. I'm your host Stuart Lord and tonight I'm joined by Mitch Brown, our uh, expert physio. How you going Mitch? Good mate, how are you? Doing alright for a Tuesday. It's the beginning of the week which is kind of weird for me. Yeah, so. I'm not hating it though. Nice short week, it's good. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I'm still feeling the Monday itis though. He just uh, likes them short, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All good. And uh, we have Nick Lord, who is our resident uh, fantasy nugget and slanderer by the sounds of it tonight. Not, not slanderer, but definitely a fantasy nugget. Fair enough. All right, Nick, how you going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, good. Yeah, nice long weekend. So that was that was nice. Excellent. All right. As usual, we're at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, like and follow us there as well as listen to the podcast. We always got good stuff up. And thank you to all everyone who has done that already. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. Make sure that you uh, leave some feedback or review. It just helps other people find us out in the wild. So, and thank you to everyone who's already done that too. Now, we also, I'd like to give you guys some news of an upcoming promo for next week, which is our uh, 100,000% promo. So we have, I've got a kilo of freckles, which is probably about 100,000, <laughs> little hundred and thousands dots on there. So I've got a kilo of them and we're going to, what are we going to do, Mitch? Mate, we're looking to basically, count the amount of times Stu says 100% in the podcast so I'll be keeping track uh, and at this point we're looking in first in best dress so we'll put up um, possibly a post or something like that and the first one in with the correct answer will win the 100,000 uh, prize which is a bag of freckles awesome so we might say like post will be up 9am you know on the Wednesday after the podcast yep. goes live pull out your alarms now so we uh okay a few things happening this week uh we have all of our regular segments but the first one today is the boom or bust nrl fantasy league so mitch what is happening in your head-to-head league mate we finally had uh jacko lamb dethroned by uh hang on a minute nrl fl gods warriors coached by luke and they're 12 and one. I'm currently sitting two wins outside the eight. Uh, there are now two wins separating fourth and 15th. Oh. It is an absolute log jam. It's a great competition. Uh, I'm really trying to build towards the finals. I've got a serious war chest of cash. So if I can just find a way to make it in there, um, I think I'm a chance, but it is it is really close. With the exception of probably the top two, uh, there's not much, not much between it. Sounds brutal. Yep. All right, uh, Nick, what's happening with your league? Hey, Roosters for life, 92 with 982 points, which is pretty pretty sick. Not the 1,000, but that's all right. And Sherp Riders is still top in the league, mate. How's your chaos mode? Well, uh, chaos mode, after the chaos of, uh, you know, not playing the buy after I said we would, uh, we had Cleary, a bench warmer with 1,012. So that's huge. Well done, mate. Whoa. Yeah, cracking the century, oh, the thousand this year, a big score. Kiwi Cookie continues in first, though he's dropped another game. I'm currently in eighth. 
Uh, and my good uh, friend of the podcast, Maka, is up to six. He, he, he gives me stick every week on the text message uh, saying he's having a hard time, but he's sixth in the league, so I, I don't know what's happening over there. But well done, mate. And Nick, I hear that we have some good work in the overall league. How, how are the guys going in the overall league? Mate, super represent. Mitch uh, spotted this. So Haga Clan is ranked number one in our league, but he's also number one overall. Right. Next up, Heinous Crimes, second in our league, is also second overall in the entire comp. I also went deeper into our uh, listings, guys. We've got the Wonkos, who's third in our league, is fourth overall. Oh. And then who's uh, fourth in our league is Big Cats, who's 10th overall in the entire comp. So we've got some serious representation. And it keeps going there from going from there, guys. So, you know, thanks for uh, joining our league, guys. Really appreciate it. Yes, thank you to everyone. And well done to you guys. So huge work. And overall... Give us a shout out if we helped, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that it. That would make me feel better as I'm getting absolutely poleaxed by them that I made a difference. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we're just hoping that it just press like join and then just listen to something else or not listen to anything at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doing it their own thing. But look, I, I, I'm sure a couple of them, you know, I'll, I'll pretend that, you know, we really helped. <laughs> It's yeah. It's like uh, like when Phil Gould went in this week uh, after the Bulldogs game and sort of gave everyone a bit of a speech. Just like yeah, good work, mate. <laughs> Great analogy. <laughs> so that's it. We're the Phil Gould of this fantasy league. Okay. So overall, Nick, how you going there, mate? Uh, Twelve ninety six guys. I've dropped a couple of hundred ranks. I am um, cracked out over nine hundred, but still dropped two hundred. So I'm a bit disappointed. Uh, Mitch, where are you at, mate? Mate, I named a captain this week and it really helped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up 800 ranks, so I'm 6852, so <laughs> I oh, wish I had a named a captain. And, I, and I, you almost I got 1,000 like... this week, mate, as well, so that, that tuned you up a lot as well. Yeah, it would have been better if I had remembered to put Karaz in over TPJ. That was about 40 points lost, but then be the breaks. That's it. And for me, I'm up to 1108, so my steady... Uh, climb continues. There was one point I was up to 300, but it looks like a lot of people have gone deep on Parramatta and Bulldogs players, which I have not. 100%. So uh, we're up to she stats time. So, Nick, what are the big stats this week? Um, so there's only a few this week. Um, it's not as deep as previous weeks, but we'll fly through them. To tackle uh, Fags, we've got um, Randall and Butcher. So Randall put in 60 and Butcher with 56. Meter readers, uh, Greg Marsley put up 272, who we said you know, a number of weeks ago he needs to be in this team. And he's mentioned later on because, guys, he put in 15 tackle busts as well. The other tackle busts were Homole Alakwatu and Moses Sully with 12 apiece, which is ridiculous. Um, other attacking stats, we've got the Fox and Alex Johnson with uh, Hatties. Try assist, Manny Burden with three sublime, sublime try assists. Um, line breaks was Alex Johnson as well with three. Offloads, Joe Tarpano, who uh, was the high scorer of the round, he put in six offloads, which was uh, pretty crazy. Turnover tackles, Manny Burden, Zach Lomax, and Toby Saxton with three. Try saves, uh, Albert Kelly with two, um, which Ooh. is quite nice. They were five apiece, so that's always uh, handy to the box score. And Brian Kelly? I think, what I say? Albert Kelly? 
Brian Kelly. Brian yeah. Kelly. Yeah. Um, in terms of kicking, uh, Cleary with seven goals and 745 kick meters. Next closest was uh, Toby Sexton, who put up 711, which is pretty awesome. Uh, missed tackles. Jeez. Uh, Dane Gaga with 10. Lockie Elias with nine. And Talatamon with eight. Are we surprised um, by co- any of those? No, nah, not at all. Yeah, yeah we should it, probably stop it, talking about it. it but no, I, I'm just saying like Elias is known because people run at him now. Same as Moan, they're just smaller out halves. And Gagai had to try and tackle kick out all night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bit, bit, bit of a nightmare. I'll talk about Lockie Elias later, but yeah, it was his uh, uh, season high for missed tackles. In terms of areas, we've got. Uh, Cody Walker with four penalties, um, Reed Marnie and TPJ each with three penalties considered, which TPJ doesn't surprise us, does it, boys? No. And Reed Marnie, he was trying to just slow the game down, I think, a bit. That's why he gave those penalties away. Mm. Uh, trying to slow the play the ball down. I think he was one of the few guys who sort of put in the consistent effort in that team, I'll be honest with you. So I, I, I don't, uh, don't fault him too much for that, trying to hold down just that little bit longer. Are you are you a fantasy owner of Marnie or are you? I am. I was watching him very closely all night, so got him in this mm. week for TPJ. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, and uh, we should probably have another stat, which is saltiest player, which I'm pretty sure is also Cody Walker. <laughs> he every week, win or lose, it's like the saltiest of salt. Like I, I can't believe he just looks such a cranky boy. <laughs> Just ever since Adam Reynolds is gone, it's like he's lost his friend. Oh yeah, um, it's not great, is it? He he doesn't look very happy, does he? I do, I think that Souths would be regretting their recruitment and retention choices right now. Let's go with that. Yep, yep. There's the the salary cap appears a little bit out of whack, doesn't it? Especially when um, uh, Latrell isn't there. For sure. All right, Mitch, your time to shine, mate. What is happening in the world of injuries? Yeah, we've got a few this week. It's been a torrid month, really, of injuries. So, uh, leading us off, we've got Ben Murdoch-Masilla. Dislocated elbow, uh, generally, uh, three to four weeks for that. Uh, Will be good to go once he returns. Uh, Shouldn't be too many lingering injuries uh, or issues. Sometimes it can take an extra week and they can get bumped out to four or six. Um, but I'd expect three to four with that. Ewan Aitken, he's a late scratch with an HIA, uh, grade one, and that's just looking likely uh, due to that short turnaround, so you need a week to overcome the uh, concussion protocol. Much the same for Chris Patola. He's out for the same um, reason. He, he Corey... did look stunned, Chris Patola. Yes. So, so like, I, yeah. I, I don't know whether you guys saw that. He, was he down. Yeah. Flattened. Uh, Corey Pay. Uh, four to six weeks for him. He's got a grade two MCL strain. That will have some effect on his ability to move around the ruck. So expect him when he returns, uh, certainly if he does at that four or five week mark to have a slight drop in performance. If it is the six week mark, then probably not a huge amount of concern uh, for his fantasy ability. It does leave a few more minutes for Billy Walters, which really stings for anyone else like me who traded Walters out. Uh, Herbie Farnworth. So this wasn't a good one, guys. Uh, ruptured biceps. I don't know if you've watched the footage. I did. Uh, wasn't great. Uh, it would have been in a fair amount of pain. Most likely uh, season, but they can come back as early as 12 weeks. 
Uh, with that said, it can be as long as six months. So there's a real variability in this injury. With the amount of time left in the season, I would be surprised if he made it back, but you never know. Interesting one, because I sort of thought it's not a super common injury in the NRL, and I sort of wanted to have a bit of a dive on the research. Um, huge return or likelihood of return post-surgery with this injury. However, there is a significant increase for NFL players, mind you, but contact sport and similar sort of style. There's a significantly high increase of early retirement in players with this injury. So Ooh. some possible bad news for Herbie Farnworth. Yeah, I was quite interested because it's, it's not a common injury and I did a bit of a dive. And, uh, you know, I've seen this in the clinic. Often they come back okay, um, but at that professional level, which I have had less to do with, their incidence of retirement is a bit higher. And I just think with how important that muscle is and the amount of trauma that occurs for that to occur in someone of that age, it is a bit of a problem. So things to consider on Herbie Farnworth for the 2023 season. Um, he may not be the same dude moving forward. Look, Payne Haas, I, I, I put him in here because I think we have He's to talk playing. about him. He is playing, and I've got him in there as uh, playing down the bottom there. But I thought it might be worth a quick chat. It's a low-grade AC joint injury. We saw this a number of weeks ago with his left shoulder, and I did say that uh, with grade ones, it can absolutely affect performance and can really niggle the player. We can even see aggravations of it, which can result in a week off. Um, previously, we've seen a drop in pains, performance, and minutes with this injury. I would be expecting the same again. Uh, and then from that point, he's playing Origin, which, you know, they'll probably uh, inject him up for that. Uh, I would wager over the next three to four weeks, he's just not going to be quite the same dude. And I would not be surprised at all if the Broncos played him in that 50 to 55-minute roll, given how important he is to this team and the fact that they're properly rolling in the top four. There's no point trying to bust him in another spot as he compensates for that injury. So... Something to talk about later in the podcast when we get to Payne Haas. It is a relatively low-key injury, but I think, you know, the injuries are starting to mount on Payne and it certainly will affect his ability to do what he does best, which is make hit-ups and tackles. So something to think about there, guys. Uh, Adam Reynolds, so he's one to three weeks with a chondral cartilage irritation. I saw this one uh, on the TV and was great, glad to see it wasn't a rib fracture because it certainly had the potential to be. We saw this with David Fafita last year. It is quite a painful injury. Um, you can play on it with anesthesia and padding. So often they sort of inject him up pre-game and sometimes at half time. Uh, things we're looking for, because I reckon he could return within the week, is he's going to be really reluctant to make line engagements. We're going to see a point reduction in tackle breaks, tries, and possibly even try assists. So look for a drop in Adam Reynolds' scores as he plays that dinner suit role and moving forward, possibly picking him up. Uh, it can linger a little bit, this injury. So maybe four to six weeks time, once his break-even balances out after that potential drop in performance, look to grab him there. Will this uh, affect his uh, kicking, Mitch? Like I wouldn't, goal kicking I, in general play? I wouldn't think so, no. That should be okay. The only problem will be, and I mean, halves are really well protected in the NRL these days, is late hits and pressure. Mm. But the, the, the Broncos have one of the better forward packs in the league and you basically can't lay a hit on anyone these days kicking. So he should be okay. Uh, he's susceptible to a cheap shot, isn't he? Oh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Tarek Sims or one of the many flogs in the NRL tried, Jared Warrior Hargraves. Uh, mm. There are a few out there. Mm. Uh, Tony Staggs, he's named Cork Shoulder. 
nothing to be worried about. Uh, Katoni is one of those players who loves to attack. He's not really known for his defensive stats, and it shouldn't affect his attacking all that much. Xavier Coates, not a good one, guys. We sort of said last week in our um, bite-sized podcast that we were hoping it wasn't a surgery for Xavier. It is looking like that. So that's eight to ten weeks they have picked um, the less uh, lengthy option for his uh, surgical intervention, which is great. So that's a shorter time frame. Uh, we will expect to see a mild drop in performance on return because he does have to spend some time uh, partial and non-weight-bearing. Uh, Halumi Luki, so that's nine months with an ACL. So that season, terrible news, mate. Uh, we'll see you next season. Uh, Adam Dewey, so he's returning from his ACL. He's had this delayed recovery, and it's one of those things. It'll be one of two things here, boys. He's either delayed his recovery because the Tigers uh, haven't really needed him because they stink so much. There's no point busting him, perhaps like the Warriors when they brought him in and sort of had him on those reduced minutes. That's a possibility. The second possibility is that he's had a few hurdles. Uh, I know with that ACL, there were some cartilage issues and um, there's been a few bumps in the ride and I would wager that's a bit more likely. I feel like Madge would have tried to bring him in pretty well as soon as possible to save his career were he able to. So I would think that there will be a bit of a drop in performance. Do we know where he's going to play, Nick or Stu? I believe that they've dropped their spare half. So the halves... Okay, so, so it'll be sort of like that on, 14 roll. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 14 roll. However, he could come on uh, at centre or something like that. It's yeah. a bit of a wait and see, really. At centre, I would absolutely think there'll be some effect and some an immediate drop in speed. And we're probably not going to see the best of him for the rest of the year. Uh, in the halves, he should be able to kick without too much of a fuss. He'll have the occasional step and be able to break the occasional tackle. I actually think you'll probably see better stat output in the halves than you will in centre. Uh, the main thing will be reduced minutes and reduced speed and power. So... Um, I would think like Harris, and I've said it before, two to three weeks before he really gets going, and that's not a bad thing because that'll allow his price to drop and his break even to stabilise. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen's the final one, so he's stuck in reserves at the moment. The question is how long until we see peak paps, hamstring and knee? Um, I would be thinking three to four weeks. I, I would want at least uh, one game where I see paps explode out in the open and hit top speed. We sort of saw this earlier in the year with Ryan that it took him three to four weeks to get going after that ankle injury. He tends to be a bit of a slow healer. Give it a couple of weeks. His break-even's not ridiculous. Even if he comes out and cracks out a score straight up and he looks great, you can get on him the week after. But I would be very surprised to see him come out and light it up after those injuries that they really weren't particularly good ones. Yep, no, fair enough. I... um. So it looks like Ryan Pappenhausen, we should start penciling him in for uh, like essentially a post-origin buy at this point. That's what I would be thinking, yeah. There's certainly no rush to get him in. Hamstrings by themselves would be making me a bit nervy. You put the knee in there as well and the fact that he's not really going to be able to put extra weight on either side, I don't love it. Yeah. I, I think just give him a bit of time. And that's not a bad thing because if you've cashed down like me, it gives you a bit of time to let your um, cows catch up a bit in, in cash and hopefully see Ryan drop value for a little bit yeah and they might uh, they might take it easy with uh, Pappenhausen this week because uh, uh, round 16 post like the week after Origin 2 the Storm are playing first on the Thursday and against the Seagulls so 
Like There's really might. no rush to bring him in, is there? I, I would be surprised if they brought him in this week. Well, yeah, he, that basically, otherwise he gets two weeks off because he won't be in for yep. line for Origin 2. And at two weeks off, additionally, I would bring my three to four weeks of waiting to see probably to more like two. I'd want to see two. So, you know, the two-date rule, as you often say, Stu, would apply in this scenario. Mm. Good to know. Okay, round, 17, round 18. Or oh, 17, because he plays round 17. Yep. Awesome. All right, let's get to the naughty corner. So, guys, a couple of ones we probably actually want to talk about this week. So let's start with Felice Cafusi. So did you guys see that one? Have you seen any yes, instances? I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That the, was the, the elbow, elbow and walker. Yep. That's right. Now, look, he's actually gone to the judiciary to fight the fine, I think, to escape the loading oh. for later in the season. Now, I'm hoping... I, let, let me see whether something's come out about this one because what did you guys actually think about uh, this one? Let's start with you, Mitch. I think it was a flagrant use of the elbow... Uh, not dissimilar, although not quite as bad, as what Mitch Barnett did to... Jeez, uh, who did he get? Was it Isaiah Yo? No, was it was... It um, Harris? Chris Smith. Chris Smith. It wasn't all that different to that. Now, there, there wasn't the same sort of attempt, but he is watching Walker as he puts his elbow straight into his face. I would have given him a week. I'm sick of seeing players do that in attack. Raising the bar happens into the all jaw. the time. They need to start cracking down on it. We've gone to all this effort to crack down on it in defense and they're doing it in attack what's the difference well well the judiciary obviously thinks different mate because apparently he's got off i know i if i was a judiciary i was hoping that they'd upgrade the charge and give him three yep. weeks yep because he's or, a flog kelly's felice Cafusi. <laughs> he's a genuine flog after yep. <laughs> he'd never apologized to maddo either and maddo was out for what eight weeks with that hia last year that almost almost that ruined his season, season. Yeah, it, it was it it, it, did, it effectively did though because he wasn't oh. the same dude when he came back. No, well, Maddo he he didn't get a contract that year either, so he's having to play over skin this year just to get a just to get a job. Mm. So you, you you almost put him out of work just because of that. So there, Felice Gafusi, I know you don't listen to this, mate, but uh, you know you, you're certainly a grade three flog in our books. Uh, Nick, <laughs> a, any thoughts on on that one for you? Nah, just yeah, just a grab. Fair enough. Well, look, I'll lead with you on for this one for the next one, the Brent Naden tackle on Gerbo. So he's accepted a early guilty plea for four weeks. Is that too little, Mitch, too much? Mitch, Mitch, what do you reckon? I'm, I'm interested in your take. Could have broken his neck, mate. That's It was like, bad. Like, how worried are you um, about that going wrong? Could have broken his neck. Compression, compression with flexion, boys. So the head landing. Look, look. That's probably a slight exaggeration, but if he kept going and the top of the head hits the turf at speed with a flexion mechanism, so coming forward, that is a classic. Mm. That is a classic thing that when I hear that uh, doing rugby coverage on a um, on a Saturday, if I hear that, I don't even bother going through the test. The ambulance is getting called. So I don't. I hate it. I don't like it. Now, he landed with his shoulder and it was okay in the end and it kind of was a glancing blow. But, you know, if you look closely at the Alex McKinnon footage, that's not dissimilar to how it all went down. His head came forward. There was a big flexion mechanism and it was it, it turned really bad. Um, I, I would want to see... Like was I would want to see... the tackle compared to the Carl Lawton one, though, uh, for a few weeks ago, don't you think? There was Possibly, a lot, lot less force in it, but that's because Brent Naden... Was, wasn't was driving, he was lifting. 
I don't like the position. It's the position of the neck and the way in which we see fractures. It mm. just it cannot exist in the game. You know, another 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 quadriplegic in rugby league would not be good. It just should mm. not happen. And Brent Naden's another flog. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Though in this case, I think the first 100%. thing he did was say sorry. I think he's a flog off the field, not on it. So I think mm. I think for him, I think the yeah. concern shown there and the apology straight away. I think it's the reason why he got four weeks, right, with the second player and not probably the eight. But I reckon if the NRA wants to rub this out, they should probably start handing out six to eight weeks for these. Yeah, it's it's really dangerous, guys. It's it's not good. I don't love it around the neck. As I said, to be fair, I'm probably being a bit extreme because his head didn't hit the ground and it probably wasn't quite enough of a leg lift like the head really needs to be driving into into the ground and often we see it in tackles uh, not tackles scrums that's a really common mechanism for that but mm. I don't like it it gives me the heebies as a, as a physio we don't like to see it no definitely uh, the um, it's one of the few it was, things it was a no brainer send off uh, about is that he said that uh, if you give them eight weeks it actually opens the clause in the contract where they can get reduced or stopped match payments for that period as well yeah. Which means that if they if they bring in those sort of charges against them, uh, players might actually really knock it out of the game, because yep. mm. you know four weeks doing laps and feeling sorry for yourself is one thing. You You're know, still getting paid. M- missing a what a third of your pay for the year. Oof. If you, if you uh, yeah, tell you ha- what, if you're on a million, that's a lot of money. That's it. Oh, if you're on two hundred grand, that's even more money. Because yeah. like, like you don't have nearly as much of it to go Relative, around. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. okay. Anyway, moving on. Look, Brent Naden. At least he was sorry for it. Felice, Felice Kafusi, mate, you're an out now. Flog. Apologise to Ryan Madison. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Things we got wrong this week. Look, uh, for me, I continue to get my benching wrong. Uh, I think a few of us did this week because of guys like Karaz going ballistic. Um, for me. Uh, the benching, I dropped uh, 31 points there. So I think I'm a bit over 300 points down this year, boys, which would actually put me halfway to first. That and Papali'i, oh, I reckon really? I'll be doing all right. But anyway, I, I guess that you just had to keep on winning the multi. If you pick the bench every week, right, I might as well gamble for a living. Uh, You've Nick, just been a bit unlucky, dude. That's it, exactly. It's just You make your choices. And to be fair, after the Billy Walters 9, I'm not sure how I play him. Uh, I'm still not sure unless he's the only hooker on the team and they're not playing the Panthers yep. uh, after the 6 he got versus the Panthers at half anyway moving on Nick what's it, what happened for you mate it was 6 uh, sorry it was 7 uh, 20 or so when I was just mucking around with my fantasy team mucking around mucking around I'm like you know what I'm going to do it it comes to 7.34 one minute before kickoff I switch uh, Karazin for Ezra Mam. Ezra Mam goes over for a try. I'm putting like all this genius uh, gifts or gifs into our group chat. And then freaking Karaz goes for like a gajillion points. And I'm like, oh my God. But, you know, so I lost out on about 30 points. But I didn't lose any cash actually because Mam made more this week. So, I mean, I don't know. Is that a loss? No. No. I I don't don't think it's a mistake. Yep. And they both pass the eye test, dude. I, I would I would struggle to see that as an egregious error. I think I think, you know, it's like for like, right? The only the only thing I would say that is bad about that is you lost a trade, but I think Mam has probably longer term upside, particularly with Reynolds a little bit busted over the next month or so. So might work out better. 
Well, I, I banked 50k. That's a, that's a, the main reason why I did it because I thought is 50k cheaper. I've at least banked that. Yes. Um, for another cash cow. So. And but, uh, this, just 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 feeling so smug about it and then getting uh, okay. then getting smashed by Karaz was pretty pretty dirty. Ma- makes you feel better, Ezra Mam. This week, his halves partner is Tyrone Roberts, who's played off oh. the bench round one. That's it. So, mate, oh. it's it's not not too big a mistake there. No, I. Yeah. I, I, I I don't think it's a mistake. Where uh, did you go, Mitch? Mate, I got a, I, I got a couple. Uh, TBJ over Karaz. I, I just wasn't thinking. Forgot to swap him out because I thought our oh, TPJ is an emergency. And then noticed he was, uh, he was playing. Thought I'll do that later, and didn't do it. So that cost me nearly forty points, which isn't great. And then the other one was I sold Billy Walters, and you know the gift of uh, foresight would be pretty amazing because hindsight is. Uh, He's a pain in the ass, basically, but it is what it is. <laughs> I'm just glad because I've decided that I really can't sell Billy Walters until after round 17 or so. That could work out. So, I, yeah, he, he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, I cash down, cash out sometime post then. So, I'm just hoping that he, if he cracks that 450k mark, I reckon I'll have made the money back from when I, like, the, dub, the amount of money that I needed after having sold him and traded him back in again. Mm-hmm. So, even though I will have dropped a third of my trades for the year on a bloke called Billy Walters. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Okay, so <laughs> let's move to the uh, the week 15. We're into week 15, aren't we? Week 15 games. Yep. So, uh, guys, first game of the rounds, uh, Charity Shield. So, we have the Dragons versus the Rabbitohs. And, of course... This is down at uh, in Wollongong, so that's great. Uh, what's the weather like, by the way, due on Thursday? It will I'll matter. Have a, I'll, I'll have a look. Yeah, because uh, Wind Stadium is right on the coast, so if you're expecting any sort of weather, this could affect how we call this game. Uh, 20 degrees max, 7 degrees minimum. That's predicted for Blakehurst. Uh, just cold okay not Sweet. not ridi- not ridiculous no, no, no major wind okay no, no. cool easy just because i know that we you know wind stadium down that side of nice if it's wet and dewy it uh, could be a real slog fest uh look let's kick us off with the dragons mitch what's happening with the dragons yeah so we've got uh michaeli ravalar making his return from the hamstring injury that kept him out the last few matches so Jonathan Rubin is going to make way. Matt Finai returns from illness on the left wing. So Tata Mogo goes out. Jaden Sewer moves on to the starting right side, which I think is a good move. And Jack DeBellin pushes into the front row. That puts Francis Moll onto the bench. And Josh McGuire is out again with a groin. Hooker Andrew McCulloch has been named to start in his 300th game with Moses Embai moved to the bench. <laughs> mm, fair enough. Josh McGuire... And we missed him from the injury count, but geez, you've got to be glad he's off to uh, Super League at the end of the year, more than likely. We're just no point talking about Dragons fantasy players. They're irrelevant. That's it. Well, look, let's talk about the Rabbitohs. Nick, what's happening with the Rabbitohs, mate? Just one change, guys. Uh, Blake Taft uh, joins the bench with Peter Mamuzelos. Uh, how, would you, how would you say Mamuzelos? Mamuzelos. Mamuzelos. Remember zealous? <laughs> uh, mate, you, you always get it wrong. You you always know that you're going to absolutely butcher that. Uh, it's I don't know if it's Greek or something, but it's an awesome name. Anyway, Latrell Mitchell, uh, he's still uh, in COVID protocols. Um, 
So in, so he's out. I think the reports are is that he'll be out um, for at least Origin too. So he's he's likely to make wow. his um, return round sixteen, um, and he's looking fit. So yeah, only the one change for the Rabbitohs this week. Uh, what have you got this week, Stu? I've got a couple of players that I'm interested in. So I know that we talked about lack of fantasy relevant players at uh, at the Dragons. Jackie Bird, 37 points last week. He's got a 25 break even, 442k. So he's about a, just about 100k down on his starting value. He's an interesting cash down option. So he hasn't hit the highs of last year, but he's a good gadget player for your team. People are going to be missing you and Aitken this week. They might be wanting to sell Targo, Taylor May, like a few other guys who just haven't hit the mark they're supposed to. Cash out on Steve Crichton. Uh, Jack Bird plays round 17. He's 442k. He's DPP. He maintains the rage and he's back in his preferred position. So, guys, uh, would you hate it if people looked at bringing Jackie Bird into their team? I wouldn't love it with the current instability at the Red V. Uh, I think Jack Bird's place is pretty secure, but they've just been struggling to get anything together. Um, Nick, how do you feel? I don't know. There's there's too many changes in the team, and they're going kind of poo. So I'm not I'm not all interested in Jack Bird, but the price is obviously juicy. Yeah, that, um, that's why I'm there. It's that it's not yeah. if he was 500, you wouldn't touch him. But at 442, that's 100k under Targo to bank which means is that with a bit of cash, you can go with another guy, Taylor May or someone, go buy a keeper. I feel like you're better off grabbing Cooler or something like that because he's even cheaper again. Probably with just as much upside. Hmm. Yeah, I'd be tempted to write Jack Bird off until next year, give him another pre-season of you know, fitness and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I think next year will be Jack Bird's year, not this year. Fair enough. Having a look there, next five, Rabbitohs, Raiders, Broncos, Rooster, Seagulls. Yeah, probably. Cowboys, after that, yeah, there's no real soft ones. Apart from, maybe, let's chuck a star on Jackie Bird. Let me modify that. The last five, so he's got the Revenge Game versus the Sharkies and the Raiders. Then he's got the where final should be, the Titans and the Tigers. And the Broncos for round 25. So, I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I might chuck a star on Ben. Uh, sorry, on uh, Jack Bird. See how it goes. Uh, really quickly onto the other two. Uh, Cam Murray. Uh, so absolute stud. Came off the bench this week. Obviously, he looked undercooked for Origin, uh, which he was a bit. That's why he didn't start apparently. And he came off the bench uh, for this. Didn't play full minutes. But look, he when he played, he he plays as hard as he always does. I think. The team has, and the coach has to manage him because he will not manage himself. He just plays out and out hard footy. So the good news is, is that he got a 48 with a very, very high break even. So uh, he is now down to 833K from near 900. Did he hit 900 before? Came very yep. close. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. Yep. And he's got a 78 break even this week. So I reckon he might drop a bit further. So chuck a star on Cam Murray because you want him in your team. I've been saying it for a while now, but I'm saving cash for him. The last one I'm interested in for this week, Ken Kulomotangi. 65 points. He's got a 39 break even, 607k. Now, he's a damaging player. He's playing big minutes on an edge. The only issue is that he's an edge-only player. But I know a few people will be missing you and Aitken this week. Ken Kulomotangi, guys. Does he interest you guys? 
I think he passes the eye test, but I'd rather Cam Murray. And at this point in the season, I'm looking for that elite level player. Or, or I'm looking to save my cash, which is exactly what I'm doing. Mm. Gotcha. Uh, it's just the 230k difference is kilometers. Well, that, that, that's right. But I think Murray post-Origin will probably be a bit closer. And uh, look, Kaloa Matangi, he, he's looked great all year. I don't hate it. Mm. Uh, has been a bit up and down from time to time though. Yeah, I've just I've seen a few people looking for sort of that edge for wood or whatever else. Especially they're looking for round seventeen players. So because you you can finish out your year with those if you're trading people in, trading people and make round seventeen makes sense. And he, and I just want to make sure they're not lying here. Nope, they're playing. They're playing the Knights that week too. I think he is what he is. You're not getting him super cheap. You're not getting him. You're not paying full freight. Yeah, you know, he he just is what it is. Yeah, he's six fifty six fifty or k so player. But anyway, he, he looked good. He looked good on the weekend. That's why I bought him up, and he's yep. in a spot. All right, Mitch. Uh, just the one today, boys. Jack DeBellin. So sixty four points, forty two break even, and he's currently six hundred and forty nine k. Look, it's been an up and down year for Jack DeBellin. As we have said before, the only person I really think you could consider owning on this team is Ben Hunt or possibly Zach Malomax. I just think there are better options, guys. I think Jack jo- Josh Jackson is a much better option, and I think Jason Tamalolo is a better option. Jack DeBellin doesn't have the upside of those guys. He still isn't playing the 80 minutes, and he's on a team that continues to struggle. Um, Nick, I know that you've been a big Jack DeBellin fan. Any disagreements there? Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on Jack DeBellin. I'm just out for this year. I think he needs another preseason. He's admitted that the game's too fast for him, so I would give him another year before bringing him in. I just think it was a one-off aberration. He did look good, and he's looked good, but I, his work rate just isn't there. I just don't see it, so I'll have to wait. Okay, so I'm going to put a Cam McInnes notice on Jack DeBellin, which is that yep. he's axed from discussion until unless we see something massively from him, right? Which agreed. Okay. Yep, agreed. Uh, Yep, kind of like the rule of Tino we had last year where Tino was Tino all year. And so... Love it. Got it. Okay, moving on. Nick, who have you got? Lucky Ilias. Just hold on to him here. Nine missed tackles, um, which is a season high by four. So it could have easily been the mid-40s place around 17. So just hold him unless you've got a really good trade to get rid of him. But if that's your issue, you've got a good team. Cody Walker... 529k, 27 fantasy points. So he bagged a double around 12 for 59. So he was down this week with a 27. He averaged 24.8 from rounds 1 to 6 when he was poo. And he averaged uh, 42.9 for round 7 to 14, where he really did start to pick it up and the bunnies in general did. Um, so 42 is as likely average as he ran up 46.4 over the last couple of years in Volandi's ball. So I'd hold him if you have him, but I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole as he's towards the top of his price target of about 588. So I would avoid Zachy Lomax. As Mitch said, he's the only dragon worth holding. 630k. If you hold him, just hold him. He had five errors, lots of bad moments. It was a bad game. Move on. He's a stud. So hold him. Mm. I've just, got the, um, yeah, go yeah. on. Just real you quick can... on Cody Worker, boys. I, I just feel like he's untouchable this year. He really is missing Bennett. Uh, I think the saltiest player in the league's not far off. Saltiest with tears. He just he misses <laughs> he misses his father figure in Wayne Bennett. He's untouchable, guys. He's absolutely untouchable. He looks sad. He looks cranky. How about um, with Latrell back around sixteen? No, untouchable. Untouchable. I yeah. wouldn't touch him. He he will probably crack out three or four good rounds when they have another surge. 
But if you're a serious head-to-head -head player, you can't carry that sort of risk. And I think there are better options out there uh, in overall. So that's I, true. I, Do you I'm, trust him on your interchange? The answer I, is no. No, you don't trust him. It's like, you know, having Brandon Smith sitting there on your interchange. It's not good. Don't put him there. Mm. So, Nick, you uh, have the Dragons by 20? 20s by 12. I think it will be a bit closer because I did like some of the signs I saw from the Dragons uh, last week. Um even though even though they got steamrolled, they just they just did a lot of stupid things that if they just corrected those, they'll definitely be in the game. So I don't see a blowout. Do you see a blowout, Mitch? Well, without making it a Dragons podcast, which I know Stu's been trying to do since the start of the year, um, <laughs> I found it interesting, Nick. I don't know if you watched the game, but the players are actually yeah. getting up on each other. They were getting really aggro at each other at each mistake. Uh, which is they they look really frustrated, and it's yeah. it's quite interesting because. They don't look far off. And I thought, you know, often when teams are going along well, they get around each other and it's all okay. But they were legitimately angry. There was one one moment there where Maguire got real cross at Moses Zembai and it was a stupid play passing to the center on fifth when both so Hunt, and Hunt and Amon were standing on the left there. And I, I don't even want to repeat what he seemed to mail on TV because it just <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't be said over the microphone. But My I, ears. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I'm happy as a fan to see that the team's really trying and getting cross and trying to get around each other or it's a sign of a real rot within the club. Anyway, I've got rabbits by 16 because I don't like to see it. And the last time we did was when... Uh, the Dragons blew a 20-point lead at halftime when Wayne Bennett announced he was leaving the next year. So it's never a good sign when you've got an angry team. That's true. Uh, look, I've, I've got them by uh, Rabbits by 16 as well. I think that uh, the Dragons will get beat late. The Bunnies, they seem to be like a bottom of the top eight team, so they seem to be able to put on some points later on the game if once they sort of win that arm wrestle, get a little bit of space. So, and, and they seem to win it against sort of the bottom eight teams. So I reckon they'll put some points on. All right. So that's the Thursday night game. Gets to Friday, 6 p.m. Who puts a game at 6 p.m. at Manly? Like all of three people in Sydney can get home from working time to see that. So that, that's a cracking game. I'll tell you now, I've been to one. It's cracking at uh, Brookie at 6 p.m. Honestly, it's not too cold. It's it's beautiful. Fair enough. So it must must be all the locals so and the I, casual blowing like you. If I turn the TV on, Nick, will you be there? Mate, I, I don't think I can get there by when I finish work, but all the locals can. And, and that's, yeah. who, that's what matters. And that's the beautiful thing about Brookie is that all the locals can, can sort of pour in true well look it's almost match of the round this one seagulls versus cowboys cowboys flying high uh let's look through their team uh reuben cotter is back a prop cohen hess is back on the bench jeremiah nano returns after his ankle injury in origin one uh and so he replaces tom gilbert who's got some sort of an eye injury uh he and lukey obviously is out for the season with that acl injury and collie lumilumi uh, sorry, uh, Lemaliu, uh moves into the starting side. Uh, what's happening with the Seagulls, Mitch? Uh, the Seagulls. So, Skipper Daly Trevins is back after missing the Tigers game with a quad injury. That's going to shift Kieran Foran back to 5'8". Josh Schuster goes to the bench, and Ben Travojevic is lurking in the reserves, so... He's been shafted back to the shadow realm. Yeah, oh, look, I think, unfortunately for Burbo this year, I'm not sure how he's cracking this team going forward unless Andrew Davey uh, drops out. 
because yeah, you can't drop uh, Oluquasi, uh, and I'm having a look at the rest of it. They're bringing in Tula, uh, Tulagi next year as well. Mm. So yeah, unfortunately, Ben, you're the weakest link in your family as far as footy players go, except maybe the other brother who doesn't play at all. All right. Okay, so, so let's look at this one. I'll kick us off. Jason Tamalolo. So 66 points, guys. He's 573K, so he's not expensive still. I will say, I know he was with without Cotter playing and without Nenai playing, but he's just he's looking like a better player. Um, it shows you that, uh, that he's taken the coach's words to heart about becoming a better player. He's not just rumbling up the middle by himself. He's got a passing game, so he's linking up the ball, which means he can be a proper playing 13. And he's got a bit of a offload to him now this year too. Like, I don't yep. remember that about Jason Tamalolo, do you? He looked really dynamic up the middle. He, he gave St. George a lot of issues early on, and I thought was the main reason they got off to that killer start. I think he's looking a much more complete player. He's kind of like a more round Isaiah Yo at the moment. So, uh good things from him and uh you know i love nick's eye test i think it's one of the best ways to pick players and he certainly passes it that's it so he um he made that line break as well which was pretty hilarious where he just he just hit the ball at speed and ran through a hole you can't arm tackle him so well he's been he's still he's still rated one of the hardest to tackle in the league right like players hate tackling yeah yeah that's it. It's like you put the whole body behind it. Then you look at like a poor Reese Walsh trying to tackle him. It's like, no, you're done, mate. Well, I, I put it to you, boys. Could We we said we couldn't put peak David Fafita down. Could we put down Jason Talmalolo? No way. With uh, a five-meter uh, uh, head start, like not uh, 10 uh, meters because uh, that's not I reckon. I reckon if we threw, threw Nick at his legs as he was running, it might ankle tap him. So what, oh, you go no, up top, no I take the waist? No, and- no, no, no. We literally throw Nick throw oh, him at his right. legs like and his body ankle taps the legs oh yeah no that could work I mean he has an infant <laughs> so it would be bad if he got hurt but that's alright oh <laughs> mate you might lose a rib or two there Nick but you know the knee yeah the through. ribs the ribs what we're worried about <laughs> <laughs> my teeth and everything you know you like Mufasa and Lion King man we'll need to we'll need to put you on those bear proof attacks yeah Okay, moving on. Look, Jason Tamalolo is a very, very strong buy. If you're looking to buy mid this week, I cannot see a better value mid on the market. Doesn't play round 17. That's the only strike against him. Uh, The next one, Scotty Drinkwater. I called it last week. I wish I got on it, but I wanted to save a trade last week because I did three and I, I couldn't bring myself to do four. My mistake, 61 points. He's a stone cold weapon he's not going to lose that spot uh he's got a try he's got a try assist and he seems to be like um the half seem to be happy to let him take a lot of tackle five plays and he seems to be have the sight to be able to see is it a pass is it a kick is it a run so look guys scotty Drinkwater, water any interest for you guys i said i missed the train last week if i had didn't miss the train last week i definitely have uh, now 582 He's still within straight trade for a Targo or a May. I don't have either of those, though. And I want to save my trades. You do? Okay, fair enough. Um, Nick? Nick? Yeah, um, I think I mentioned him like two or three weeks ago and I got poo-pooed down, so... um, (laughs) I think Stu poo-pooed you down, 
actually? I did. I thought about it, and this is this is me coming forward to say, mate. I I, I said last week. I reckon he's the boy, and this week I'm sure he's the boy. It's like when you're pooping for Dylan Brown. <laughs> oh, and then Dylan Brown's turned out some mediocre performances. So you know what? I was probably right there too. <laughs> oh, dude, oh, it's, it's not like Dylan Brown's worth 900k he's 709 mate he's averaging uh, what 50 it's decent but it's not amazing it's what he was priced at yep anyway no no, no he, he Scott, Scotty Drinkwater he, he definitely just passes that eye test and um, as you say Stu I, the, the team is very happy to have him with the ball and obviously the coach so there's no way he's losing that spot. Um, I, I'd definitely hold him. I wouldn't look to bring him in. I just think he's just getting quite expensive for his historical. I think he may have missed the boat. Um, but in a year where wing fullback sort of premiums um, aren't there, he's definitely an option. Yeah, I, I, f- I feel like there's, there's a lack of that third keeper wing fullback at the moment, especially with Paps a few weeks away. Uh, and We've Ted, Teddy got playing some options Origin. later in the pod. We've got some options later in the pod. We do. But uh, look, I, I just think that he's there, and I also think that historics won't necessarily do you with uh, Scotty Drinkwater because I feel that he's never run off the back of a good team going forward. He played for the old dodgy Cowboys who were coming bottom of the table, and it's very hard to be a good fullback at the bottom of the table. That's it. Whereas he, you know, when you're attacking the line and whatever else, it looks he's getting lots of points, tries, tries, assists, everything else. Anyway, uh, moving on. Next guy uh, I've got here, Jason Saab. Uh, bottomed out last week uh, as far as his price when he was at 235. Uh, this week he is at 261. Uh, so last week to get on as a cash out emergency only player. So if you're looking for one this week, uh, you can choose Jason Saab. Uh, you will get the occasional good game, but you cannot trust him in your team. Last guy, uh, sorry for uh, family member John, uh, who owns the hammer because he got six points. Oh. So uh, look, hammer so can only be trusted. Only, he does no hard yards. He does zero hard yards. He's one hundred percent purely attacking. Uh, he doesn't bend the line back with his runs uh, for yardage. So while drink water is fit, hammer so is unplayable. I know that a few people are looking at him at his price point, but do not get him. Uh, that's it for me. Mitch, who are we looking at? Yeah, uh, i got a couple this week, boys. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Talatau Cooler. So 54 points, and that was his first meat pie in the NRL. To me, he passed the eye test as the first person to stop Talakai uh, this season. And Stu, you and I have talked about that a few times. Um, his stat line definitely benefited from that meat pie. Uh this was against a fairly ordinary Tigers team. It's definitely not too late if you have him, but it is getting closer to the stage where um, there's not all that much cash to be had, but certainly a, a reasonable cash down option because he really is a good player. And if he passes the eye test, he, he's going to make his points. The other one I've got here, which is a bit more of an injury run, is Jeremiah Nanai. So he's made his way to 609K. He's currently got a break even of 16. Uh, he's going to be post-lateral ankle sprain. Uh, I would expect a drop in performance this week. Uh, with that break-even, you can most definitely wear the loss. Assuming he gets through Origin 2 okay, he may have one more down week just because he is young and the K- Cowboys may play it safe. 
and either not play him, in which case I suppose you wouldn't lose any cash, or play him in reduced minutes. It all depends on how much upside you see Nanai having at his current price point. I don't think there's a huge amount more increase, though, at that 16 break-even. Um, you know, assuming he can get another 40 or 50, there probably is a bit of cash there. But past that, it probably is getting closer to time to sort of cash down or cash out because I would be anticipating at least sort of two to three down weeks coming up, uh, obviously, this week post-ankle sprain. Uh, and then post-Origin, I think you'll see another one. So just something to think about moving forward with Nanai. Excellent. All right, Nick, uh, lead us home with uh, some expensive boys. Hamali Olakwati, guys, 714K. Almost cracked 90 with 89 points, 25 break-even. Clearly, he's a stud. Even final keeper at this stage, despite the single-edge position, not the DPP. He's very durable. He's only been suspended, I think. He hasn't missed a game due to injury. And he's putting up awesome base stats and attacking stats. 22 tackle busts in the last two weeks feels unsustainable, obviously. And 180 meters gained is really awesome. But it's way higher than his average of 1.56 meter gains per minute versus 2.84 <laughs> meters gained per minute. So he's just statistical output at the moment. It's ludicrous. Um, attack, as I mentioned, attacking stats are through the roof. I got him as a buy. Um, just because he looks like a final team edge. Uh, he's still a pod. Um, I think he's about 4% ownership, if that's correct. 3.2% ownership. So definitely a different um, kind of look if, you, if you're looking at someone. Um, Ruben Garrett, guys, 701K, 70 points, 21 break even. So he's averaged 51.1 this year at fullback, which is awesome versus a career... 48.2, which includes Volandis Ball when Manly were on an absolute tear back in the last year. So he's a bit exy now uh, for my liking um, as he's towards his peak value price target of 715. So I'd kind of avoid him at this stage just because he's at the peak. Um, uh, Reese Robson, guys, 763K, 71 points, 42 break even. So he's putting up video game numbers, really. He isn't actually overpriced for what he's worth, uh, believe it or not. You could argue he's another 90k in him to get his price target of around 850 using a 62 average. So he's in sublime form with heaps of tackles and he scored three tries in the last four games as the only red flag. I'd be wary as he doesn't play around 70, 17, but if you're looking, if you're short for a hooker and you like pods, he may be a guy. So I've got him as a buy. Mm. Um, any nice objections? Goal. No, not at all, mate. He's a nice old by the look of it to say Harry Grant uh, who really lacks durability or possibly as a point of difference to Damien Cook I mean if, the one if team he I played think the 17 he'd be an absolute lock like must buy but that just sort of hurts him a bit don't you think it does it absolutely does I think the one team we've whiffed on this year was probably the Cowboys I mean I don't think any of us have really earned any of the top ones with the exception of probably Nanai uh, and Reese Robson was one I wished I got on a bit earlier uh, probably the same with Ola Kuatu. I mean, we've been saying he's passing the eye test all year and none of us have got on him. I think Stu, a couple of weeks ago, perhaps just before this tear, you suggested it might be a good time to get on him and we should. Yeah. Do. Well, I, I think it's one of those ones where, you know, you want the two-date thing, but then they get a bit past the point of purchase. But look, the cost for an elite hooker is somewhere between sort of the seven to $800,000 mark. So past that, you're probably overpaying if because there's plenty of options. But Reese Robson is right in the middle of that mark there. I would still have a strong buy rating on him. I picked up Remani just due to um, pricing considerations. But look, I'm if you had them both, 
look, I wouldn't mind if someone, you know, went uh, went fully down the strategy and picked up Reese Robson too. I did hear that he might be going to Origin Camp for Game Two as well, which would be a yeah. There's confidence. talk that because he can play lock, he actually might go look in before Appy does too. Look, I wouldn't mind it because he can play both sides of the ball, uh, pretty much like Ruben Cotter can. I would still, I would honestly, and I, it will be very controversial. I would still prefer uh, Appy and Cotter to Cookie but I understand that they won't do it for a game which they must win or they lose. So, mm-hmm. uh, but look, personally, that's what I would prefer there. I think I'm just against Cook isn't running as well as he used to, and that was his main benefit. He's not, you know, and he's just making those fundamental errors of not looking both ways and making the counts. But yeah. anyway, look, that's me. Uh, Reese Robson, for me, strong buy. Ooh. Okay, I got the cows by six, guys. Uh, what do you have, Mitch? Boys by twelve. I was wrong about them too. They are the real deal. Mm. I've got them by six, but look, it could be more. I'm just hoping that a uh, chilly night over at Manly uh, could put a bit of a freeze on the on the Cowboys so they don't blow it out because uh, it's probably a game worth watching. I'd be very interested in watching that one. Uh, Look, let's go to the second game of the night. Another game worth watching. Yeah, you know what? Friday night, you know, go to the pub, guys. Storm versus the Broncos. So, uh, Storm team, Pappenhausen. Ryan Pappenhausen is listed amongst the reserves as he closes in on a return, possibly from the hamstring injury. Uh, and that will put Nick Meany to wing. Uh, look, Grant Anderson, who had his 97-year-old neighbour welcome him on his debut... Uh, which was pretty special, uh, who he called Pops. Uh, He has retained his spot in the 17 after a great performance up front. And Felice Kafusi is free to play because uh, apparently the NRL doesn't think he's the biggest fog as he is. (laughs) Uh, Nick, Broncos team, what's doing? Plenty of action. Uh Adam Reynolds is out uh, with the rib injury, paving way for Tyrone Roberts to play his second game of the season after coming off the bench in round one. Katoni Staggs returns after missing the radio this game with that cork shoulder, which he picked up in Origin 1. And Branko Lee holds his place in the centres with Herbie Farnworth sidelined with that biceps injury. So Selwyn Cobbo is back on deck. So Jordan Pereira goes back to 18th man. Kirk Capel returns to the back row. So TC Rabadi goes back to the reserves. Jake Turpin who we haven't heard in a while, actually. Joins the bench in place of Corey Pays. He's, uh, we believe, is out with that knee. Um, Payne Haas has been named to play despite that shoulder um, AC joint issue with Canberra. So plenty of changes with this Bronco side, guys. I'll, I'll kick us off, actually. Paddy Carrigan, mm. 63 points, 44 break-in, 712k. So Stu's written out a stats here. One line break, 68 minutes, 46 tackles, one tackle bust, four missed tackles, 169 metres gain. That is absolutely sustainable in my book. It's currently around 700k, probably close to maxed out, but has really passed the eye test this year. Can, could potentially push for more minutes with harsh injuries. An outstanding performance. Stu, I, I, I actually had a look at this. I don't think he's uh, maxed out because he averages 62. Right, I repeat, he averages 62.4 in 22 games when he plays over 60 minutes. So I'm assuming Haas is going to take a lesser role and Carrigan's just going to drink a little bit more of that milkshake to steal Mitch's metaphor. What does He's that just bench about... look like? 
it looks like. Um, so we got Turpin. Turpin, Hetherington, Flegler, Palacia. Okay, so Palacia's a prop. Flegler's a prop. So we really yeah. got Kobe. Yeah, okay. So, and um, and Kobe possibly playing a little bit of edge, but look, Kate Wall and Ricky are 80-minute dudes. Palacia yeah. can play a bit of edge, can't he? He can. That would be more TC Rabati than Palacia. He, he yeah, played right. a lot yep. of prop earlier this year. Yep. But uh, yep. so having, I, I'm just thinking here. So it's really how much do you think Kobe gets though? Oh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I just think with, you've got to have Carrigan out there. You know, even if these guys play, the, the bench players play less minutes and more impact. Um, the quality of what Carrigan brings, particularly in defense, is just mm. unreal. That's um, true. He, he just offers something that every team of the comp wants. So based upon his average of 62.4 in 22 minute in 22 games playing over 60 minutes, I reckon he's just about a must buy because he can make potentially up to another another 150k well, if his minutes stay where he, they are. If he makes it, if he makes another 150k, you wouldn't sell him anyway. Yeah, he'd be a out and out super stud keeper. So well, uh, are you calling I'm him a really... keeper to end the year? I'm eyeing Paddy Carrigan as the bell of the ball this week, potentially. Um, even though I know he plays Origin, I know he works hard and all that sort of stuff, but he's the guy I'm looking at, Mitch. Are you tempted? Very. Extremely. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was the one who put him in there, mate, because I thought you'd, you'd like to chat about him. And... Uh, what was it you wrote it up? I wrote that one up because I knew that you... I, I knew that you'd feel like... Um, he, I thought you'd you'd be tickled pink by that one, and he looks great. He passes the eye test, right? He looked. Yep. He, he turned that Origin game around. He is. I'm. I really want to save my trades, but gee whiz, am I tempted to get Pat Carrigan? He looks so good. I, I'm currently in my NRL fantasy team working out how to fit him in. <laughs> so oh, we've oh. all got raging clues for Pat <laughs> Carrigan. Okay. Oh, well, he looks so good in Origin too. He's an Origin player. So, which adds some spice to the mix. Mm. Hey, guys. Ezra Mam, uh, who I picked up at 7.34, one minute before kickoff. 386K now. Uh, so, he's made about 60K on last week. 45 points with a minus six break even Ooh. still. I got him as an absolute bypass of the eye test. Reynolds is on ice. Gamble is on ice. He should, uh, he should get a good run uh, with him. Uh, and he should get the opportunity to cement his spot. Defense may be the only thing holding him back, but he actually made a good uh, goal line defense play. I can't remember who it was, but a forward uh, tried to burrow over and he held him up. So okay. um, I was a bit surprised by that because he's not the biggest guy. He's obviously powerful, but he's not the biggest guy. So I've still got him as a buy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's easy, got 100K in him. Marion Seve, um, 449K, 83 fantasy points with a one break even. His last four scores of 14, 31, 30, and 83. It's safe to say the 83 is an outliner. Um, his highest other score of his career is 48. He's averaged 32 for his career. So I would advise against bringing him in under any circumstance. So I that, think that's a pretty hard avoid. Um, it, sorry, does anyone want to talk about Ezra Mamba or, or are we sort of like milk that? I think you just got to buy him if you can. I would if I had the trades. But I think I want Pat Carrigan more. Would you flip him to, like, would you do one of those double trades where you, so you go down from Elias, you bank the 100K and use the 100K to go and get someone like Paddy Carrigan? If you had the trades, that's a good trade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good try. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, I feel like there's still a bit of risk there because I've Kevy is a good coach. Peyton is a good coach. Kevy is a good coach. Ricky's a good coach. But if you notice that a couple of things, especially about Ricky and Ricky Stewart and um, Kevy, uh, ex players, they've thought about the game. They give these young guys, they blood them, and then they give them a couple of weeks off. I want you to think about all the people out there who currently own Harry Rushton who bought early on to Xavier Savage. So basically, these guys are one mediocre or one bad game away from going back to reserve grade to learn their lesson. So that's the only thing that getting on this week is that you have to know the risk you're taking. Is that Kevy can always go, Tyson Gamble looks pretty close to being back from what I've heard at training, like it might be two weeks instead of a month. Uh, and there's a week off next week, so it could be back for round 16. So just just be aware that you've got to factor that into your risk matrix. I'd be more worried if Ezra Man wasn't a stud, but I think he's an absolute stud. So he's looks like he has more of a future in the NRL than um, Tyson Gamble, to be honest. He does, but like same as Xavier Savage looks like a stud. He's still spending weeks on the wing and then weeks in reserve grade. Ezra Man's older, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Is he... Are you 21? Or is that... Or does he just look old? Don't know. Oh, I, I'm just saying here, like, as far as it goes, he's new to the NRL. Just, mm. just, just factor it in. Just know that you could be left with a red dot, uh, which you've got to cash out. So two trades. You've got to make enough money for the trade-in and the trade-out. Mm. Uh, Mitch, who have you got, mate? Uh, so, look, I had a couple before. We talked about Payne Haas. Basically, if you want to hear about that, Go back to the injury report. I'll put in timestamps this week. Adam Reynolds, I kind of also briefly talked about. Looking for him to most likely have that dinner suit role and uh, a reduction in his line engagement. So possibly a drop in uh, value and points and potentially a pod in four to six weeks' time when his break-even balances out and he overcomes it. putting him in now as a chucker star because I almost bought uh, Dylan Brown or Mitchell Moses last week and... I think fate, fate was on my side for once. Uh, like Adam Reynolds for a similar price, I reckon I'd take him. Absolutely. Uh, and the other one, guys, Cam Munster. So 34 points. Uh, he's currently at a 78 break-even at 833K. Look, uh, has he reversed his big game tag as the year has gone on? Uh, he did have huge scores against Manly, the Dragons, the Warriors, but only decent ones versus the Panthers, and he was quite poor versus the Roosters and Cowboys. Look, I think Cam will bounce back this week. I thought he was quite lethargic uh, over the last couple of weeks post-Origin, um, and I think he's been missing uh, some of his bro support in uh, earlier on. Uh, Hughes and more likely Pappenhausen. I'm personally chucking a star on Cam. I think if he can have a poor origin period and his value drops, I would be pretty keen to get on him um, because I think he can play. Stu, what are your thoughts? Yeah, oh, look, I, I think that um, he's he's looking fitter and more turned on this year. So he's turning up for... He's not just uh, turning up prep for the big games. He's turning up prep for all the games. But obviously the tougher games, Melbourne just aren't quite as on song as they were in Valandis Ball. So uh, they're, not, they're still very crisp. They're still running second, but they're just not 
quite as crisp as they were in the last couple of years. So I think, yeah, he'll take a bit of a hit there. I'm hoping that uh, peak Paps will bring, uh, yeah, the Melbourne Storm back to their peak powers. Because uh, their current fullback setup, you know, Nick Meany's good, but uh, he, he's he's really a caretaker, isn't he? Yeah, exactly right. Like watching Kurt Mann at fullback the other night instead of Ponga. It's just, you can see the difference, can't you? Ugh. Night and day. Yep. Okay, uh, look, I've got a couple of real quick ones. Uh, Billy Walters, uh, 56 points, 8 break even, 4 and 8K. Uh, could have been 60 plus without the 6 missed tackles. Uh, 103 metres run, 229 kick metres uh, to lift those base stats. So be wary about that because obviously they've got two known halves this week and they've got Jake Turpin on the bench who at one point was an 80-minute hooker, though they did offer to um, potentially let him go this year. So uh, Billy Walters is a hold, but you, you can't buy him while Jake Turpin's on that bench. If something happens to Jake Turpin, or, you know, they decide they don't need him anymore. If Billy Walters goes to 65-plus minutes, uh, it could be worth holding on to for a long time. Uh, Harry Grant, another guy like uh, Cam Munster, post-origin, just played less minutes. He's chuck a star in it. At least he backed up. A number of players didn't, so he backed up. He got his 42 points to add to your overall total. Chucker, if you don't own him, he will be... He'll cross paths very shortly on his way down to probably about, what, 700k, 720? So with an 83 break even. Uh, but look, Ben Hunt in the Origin team makes you more confident that Harry Grant will back up and he will be okay to play. So I would uh, I would chuck a star on Harry Grant and look to bring him in post-Origin because his ceiling as a hooker I'm not sure anyone at the moment has a higher ceiling than Harry Grant at hooker. Agreed. Okay. You reckon? Ceiling. Like absolute top, top of the line. Yep. Cookie. Okay. Fair enough. I'll, I'll have a look there. I'm pretty sure that um, uh, Grant's outscored him for top score this year. But yeah, Cookie's averaging a little bit better. I think yep. the Rabbitohs just rely more heavily on Cookie, so a bit more play goes through him, therefore possibly more fantasy points. But I think pound for pound, Harry Grant's the better player. So it's yeah. one of those things. And he gets a little bit more attacking stats on his side. So Wait, Grant, Grant doesn't even start for his state. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, fair oh. <laughs> Give him a hard time. <laughs> All right. So five by way, Damien Cook won't be starting for his state. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's see. We have... Uh, the Storm, I've got the Storm winning this one by six. Uh, I reckon if Adam Reynolds was playing, this would be probably the game of the round. Uh, Mitch, what have you got? Uh, the Storm love playing up in Suncorp, and I thought the Broncos were lucky to get by the Raiders, so I've got Storm by 14. Hmm. Yeah, it really was like one of those brave efforts. They might not be able to back it up. Nick, what have you got? I'm tipping the upset, guys. i got Bronx by four. Sandwich? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just tipping a boil over. I think the um, Bronx can match the forward pack or beat them, and um, they got some points in the backs. So yeah, I know the halves are a bit shaky, but just tipping the upset. Fair enough. I guess any, yeah. Joshy King at thirteen doesn't inspire confidence in the forwards, and Brandon Smith, who again we've we've Cam Smithing. Uh, so, sorry, uh, we're we're no. not talking about again this year. Uh, no, most put an axe room stew. Put, put an axe through Brandon Smith because he, he's not playing well yep. either. Yeet him. Yep. Goodbye. 
Okay, let's move to the Saturday games. We'll go through this and one. Sorry, and just quickly, that back five for the Storm is yuck. Meany, Eremina, Seve, Olam, and Anderson. Anyway, sorry, that's the last thing on the Storm. Yep. All right, so next up, uh, we have the Sharks versus the Titans. So the Warriors aren't playing at 3 p.m. this week. So New Zealanders, I don't know what you're going to do with your Saturday afternoon. Uh make a joke about fish and chips or something uh so moving on uh no change to the sharks wade graham uh is in the side he was a late inclusion on an edge returning from injury uh teague wilton coming in off the bench which moved wade graham to the middle for a little bit uh dale finurkane is listed amongst the reserves and at number 19 so he's a real chance to come in which by the look of this team I'm just really looking hard here. Probably Trindle drops out if Dalfinukin goes out, and that would push uh, probably Cam McInnes to the bench. Uh, what's happening with the Titans team, Mitch? So for the Titans, AJ Brimson is out, or was out rather, with COVID protocols. He's returning uh, at fullback. We've got Jermaine Asako to go back to the wing, and SN Masters drops to the reserves. Captain Tino Fasula Malawi is back in the starting side at lock. So Moaki Fodoweka uh, goes to the bench. Aaron Clark has been named at hooker despite picking up a rebinger against Souths. And, and Stu, your favourite player, Kevin Proctor, is listed amongst <laughs> the reserves as he nears a return after five weeks out with a bicep injury. Jeez, he, um, must be, he must be hungry for a return, ready to bite something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Now, talking about players we want to bite, uh, Toby Sexton. So, 593k, uh, he 68 points last week, boys. So, I reckon the uh, I don't know, I don't want to say it, but I got that one right, very, very right. So, he had a big one. I know that Nick made his uh, uh, Mikolpa post on the weekend, so thanks for that. But, uh, yep. Look, with Paul Turner there, he did all the kicking. He did all of the play five moves, and he looked decent. So he looks like he still needs a year or two to turn into a proper player. But I still reckon he's got a little bit of that young Nathan Cleary tag around him. Just as far as that uh, that skill set and sort of running the plays through him. I Don't think compare those two players, please. Okay? I'm talking about 2019 Nathan Cleary. It's no, just that 2019 um, Nathan not Cleary even, not even, had... No. No, like yep. he had one of the best five-eighths of the modern era in James Maloney to back him up. Whereas uh, Toby Sexton has Paul Turner. He has a fullback pretending to be a five-eighth in AJ Brimson. And he's had, what, Will Smith, who's doing so well, he asked for a release to go to English football. So that's why I'm saying the difference is there as well, is the lack of support for him. Uh Anyway, look, 68 points last week. I reckon there's still a chance to get on. Uh, it's getting pretty risky because you're within 100k of the more established halves. Uh, the fixtures coming up for him are not terrible either. Sharky's this week, and then he's got the Knights, and then he's got post-origin Broncos, and then the Bulldogs. So could be a bit of a good time to get a run, and then you could trade up from Sexton to a fully established half. Anyway, that's it for me. Uh, apart from Paul Turner, his halves partner, 
39 points. Uh, not a bad cashy, but uh, look, you probably want Ezra Mam, wouldn't you? Yep. Tobin. And you probably want uh, the new, we'll talk about this for the next game, but the new uh, 5 eighth for the Warriors. Otherwise, if you want to cash down, because he's likely to be a 220k player. So avoid Paul Turner. Mitch, I'm going to ask you a question. Is there anyone you want to own at the Titans or the Sharks other than Nico Hines? No. Excellent. Moving on. <laughs> well, we all know Nico Hines at this point, right? He's, I would say, wouldn't you guys say Nico Hines is what, the best vice captain in the game at the moment? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Clear he's not playing. Okay, fine. Play Nico. So uh, for me, that, that's the one there. And the fact that Nico might not be 18th man means that uh, for game three, means that uh, he's he's definitely just someone to hold on to. Nick, I threw one player to you. Just as a real question to you, Tino for Sumaui, 696k. What do you think yeah. about Tino? I gave you some stats. You did the look at it. Yeah, 696k, 81 fantasy points this week, which is tremendous. 26 break even. In 47 minutes somehow, off the bench as well. Two tries, two line break assists, 25 tackles, five tackle breaks, two offloads, 177 run meters. His last six games, he scored a 60 versus Penrith. 38 versus the Roosters, 52 versus the Dragons, 54 versus the Sharks, 56 versus the Broncos, and 81 versus the Bunnies. I've just said he's pretty much, a, he's clearly a quality player, but he did bag a double from the interchange. So he's averaged 48 in 61 minutes from rounds 1 to 12. He's just about priced out where he is. His career high is 0.77 PPM, which is this year, which is nice, but isn't elite. I think it's all gravy if you had him but you could get burnt if you brought him in now. So I just got him as an avoid. I know some weeks ago, I mentioned him as just like a guy who can just give you points and maybe pop for some upside. Um, I, I think it's, um, he's only had this one game where he sort of popped for some upside. I thought there might be more, but maybe next year he'll be that type of player that can sort of add more to his game. Or maybe the Titans will just be a better team and he can get a bit more opportunity, particularly with his frame from a try scoring point of view and an offloading point of view but mm. anyway for now he's just got to learn how to hold on to the ball I reckon so um, I'll go the Sharks by four I think this might be a bit closer the Sharks um, they have a bit up and down a thousand percent have they no well it was a close game with the Warriors for a, for a minute there and then um, then they then ran away with it didn't they they did they got a lot of soft tries the Warriors are a 60 minute team at the moment and they have been for a little while. That's been a real cultural issue. So, yeah, I, it, look, it makes sense to me. I, I can see that. Mitch, what have you got? I don't like this Titans team. I've got Sharks by 20. Yeah, I've got them by 16. Look, there's a reason why the Sharks are, are like uh, a favourites in this one is because the Titans are running dead last. Have you been overtaken Whoa. by the Bulldogs? Oh. So, uh, yep, they... It's just a lack of experience, this spine. it's There's nothing wrong with the team. If you took components of this team apart, put them in other teams, they'd perform okay. AJ Brimson could be a fullback in another team. Toby Sexton could be a junior half in another team. Uh, even Aaron Clark could be a serviceable-ish, like number nine in another team. But you put them all together. There's just... Guys don't know how to close games away. Your captain is a prop who's not on the field for part of the game. And he's 
had what? This is what his second year of playing full time first grade. Yep. Like like starting on the team instead of on the bench. Yep. Yeah. I yeah, just, the Sarah Cup's out of whack, but anyway. That they blew, and it feels like they're blowing up the team without any of the results of blowing up the team. <laughs> no, they've got good talent. They just got to wait. Yeah. Oh, look, and there's some guys like I really like uh, Sam McIntyre on an edge. He looks really good, but you can't buy him. It's the Titans. Yeah. Well, all right. So New Zealanders, you're now up to seven thirty. You've eaten your fish and chips. Sorry for all you New Zealanders who listen to the podcast. There's quite a few of you. We do really appreciate you. Hopefully you get some footy soon. Uh, hopefully you guys get like a magic round next year. I reckon that would be awesome. Oh, I would go to New Zealand for that. Yeah, I, I reckon that like someone mentioned something like a round one or like at some point during the year as like a big thank you to New Zealand. If you held like a magic round down at Mount Smart. That'd be dope. For sure. Okay. Anyway, so we have the five... Uh, oh, someone deleted my thing. The 5.30 game, uh, Australian time. We have the Warriors versus the Panthers. So on the Warriors team, uh, Stacey Jones has wielded the axe. Uh, so uh, we got Ronald Volkman uh, is making his NRL debut. Uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita is on the bench in one of the weirdest moves this year but he's playing a 14 middle role or I guess covering in case Volkman has a shocker uh, Jesse Arthurs comes in as a straight swap for Rocco Berry who goes straight to reserves number 21 uh, apart from that uh, the Ewan Aiken is out with the HIA and Josh Curran actually gets a job at 13 Jack Murchie goes to an edge uh, oh, Adam Fanua Blake is on the extended bench at number 23, which means actually he's probably a pretty strong chance at playing. So this could be close to the full strength Warriors team. Uh, Nick, Panthers, what's happening there? Big changes pretty are simple. here. Yeah, pr- pretty simple. Zai Yo, who uh, had the head knock in origin, it turns out. He returns for the Panthers after he was given a rest last week. So Matt Arzenhuth goes back to reserves. So they've just maintained that bench as is, as Duke says. They just want their bench players to stay bench players. Yeah, which is, I guess, if you everyone has the role in that Panthers team. That's it. Yep. Uh, Thomas Jenkins is a name I haven't seen before, but he's named 22. There you go. All right, Mitch, you and Aitken, what are we thinking? You oh, and Aitken, 37 points. Are we concerned about you and Aitken's performance recently? I think it really is just symptomatic of the Warriors playing badly. Uh, I, I still believe he's the, one of the best centre options available. He's ultra consistent. Uh, they do have a tricky run over the next few weeks, so there are some tough teams. The Storm uh, is one of those, and I think the Panthers might be another. I don't think it's time to panic. Uh, he is missing this week due to HIA. That doesn't change my thoughts. I just, you know, he, he actually put out a few of these points early on, all these games early on in the season, and we held the faith. He likes to tackle. He's a strong ball runner. I don't see too many other consistent options at centre. However, we are about to see a bit of a points drop. So if you're going to uh, trade to someone like Tony Staggs or Zach Lomax, you probably want to do it this week. Mm. Yeah, because he's coming off over 700Ks at 630 now, so you drop 10%. Uh, yeah, good call. Uh, okay, Nick. Uh, look, I also had an interesting one. Tohu Harris here. Uh, he's had a 42 points last week, which is 
decent, but you know, not what we love from Tohu. What are we looking? Dick's 24K, 54 break even. He's fallen off a cliff. Bloody hell. In games, greater than 60 minutes. He averaged nearly 60 in 2020. He averaged just about 65 in 2021. He's averaged 45 this year. 45, that's a 20, it's so 60, 65, 45. That's a 20-point drop from last year. So he's an absolute bargain for anyone who doesn't have him. I've got him as close to a must-buy due to his 54 break even. If you don't have him, you've got to bring him in. Like, Mi- though, Mitch, can, can I ask you a question about this one? Like physio time. This is that post-ACL. Are we seeing that post-ACL drop in performance from Tohu or are we just seeing the Warriors doing badly? Can I come back to you with that just to have a quick look at his stats? I want to scroll through his stats before I make a comment on that. Okay. Well, look, uh, let's... So just go through the next one and then once you're done with that, I'm just going to have a quick look at his stats and give you a good answer on that. I no, look, that, that's that, that's why I love it, mate. I, I'd rather you actually look than just... Uh, yeah, tell me. Uh, so, Reese Walsh, Nick, what are we thinking? 504, 504K, scored a 59, 22 break-even. Who's his top score of twenty two of 2022, guys, with a try, two goals, 151 metres gain, four tackle busts, two offloads. Only two goals for the goal kicker, so very replicable stat line, in my opinion, with a nice try to cap it off. His price is going back the right way, and he's 101 cheaper than his starting price. I've got him as a buy. Ooh, 151K. He started at 655 this year. No, 101k cheaper. So he started at 605. No. 151, guarantee you. Oh, I looked at him this year at 655. Yeah, I've got it here, mate. 151. What am I looking at then? Don't know. But oh, yeah. Uh, maybe no, a typo. All good, mate. No, no, it's just all. But either way, you know, 151k is just better. It just makes more into your point, doesn't it? There you go. Okay. So, well, huh? yeah, it's, it makes him a pretty hard buy either way. Um, not a must buy because, you know, Warriors are pretty trash, but um, we didn't quite get the Stacey Jones bounce back back to we were hoping for. But, uh, <laughs> well, yep. let's hope that we get the, uh, let's hope we get the week two bounce back. Maybe the first week it didn't take. The bounce back, bounce back, or bounce oh. back, back. I don't know. Or bounce, bounce back. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Brian Tor, 555K. And this is the wing fullback. Really, that gets me excited this week. 76 fantasy points, 17 break even, right? So his prices had hit absolute rock bottom and could be a fantastic buy. His knee strapping worries me. Does it worry you, Mitch? Uh, and do you want to just sneak in your Tohu stuff quickly? I do want to sneak in my two stuff quickly. So I just had a bit of a look, boys. I would say post-ACL, um, his tackles are down. His run meters are stable, but not ridiculous. And no major attacking stats. So tackle breaks. He did have the one offload last week. Um, no turnover tackles. So he's lacking that punch in defense. He's not getting through the same workload. And his line speed um, and ability to bust tackles is just not there. And therefore, offloads and tackle busts are down. So, Stu, I would say, looking at the trajectory, I would consider the last round to be a little bit of an outlier and possibly the one before and that he'll get it together because they were handily beaten by the Seagulls and Sharks. But I think just generally looking at his stats, um, the real loss, that 10 to 20 points that we're seeing that he's not getting, 
uh, particularly if you factor out last week and the week before, is because he's just building himself back in. So I do think at some point during this season, we are going to see the best of Tohu. I agree with Nick that he's a must-buy. But we often have spoken about this, and I banged on about it. Nine months is not enough for an ACL. I, I personally like 12 months, to be completely honest with you. Certainly from a re-injury risk standpoint, they just like to get these NRL boys back because they have a dollar value. Um, over the next month, we'll see his be- best performance. I'm not hitting the panic button. I think he'll be okay. That's good. What okay. about uh, Brian Toller's knee? You Look, worried? Uh, well, I said he'd wear this injury for the rest of uh, the year. Grade 3 MCL, mate, that, that's going to linger for quite a period of time. Um, the thing about it is, though, at this point, you can strap it up fairly heavily. His change of direction isn't going to be quite as good uh, as it normally is. Um, but with each game, he's going to get a little bit better. So we're in round 15 now. He had that injury in round two. So then we're looking at sort of, uh, what's that, 13 weeks... Uh, post-injury. I'm certainly not worried about the strapping, but I think we'll see the best of To'o um, by about week 16. So Spicy. I, I really think this week, in Austin Origin, he just really asserted his yeah. physical dominance. Um, uh, I think he's an absolute easy bring-in this week if you're short a wing fullback, which we probably all are. We're probably looking for one. Ty is right to the top of the list uh, with his return to form um yeah. he's he's absolutely bottomed out guys so and he's um, got that panthers that base meters which those back three get which is just hard running 150 well, he, he's plus the, meters he's the stalwart of that you know that he he brought that to the team yes and, and sometimes he's like instilled it you know yeah and sometimes he'll take he'll take hit up one and hit up three yep and I think the other thing which we said in the past is that he was going to have that drop in performance coming back from that MCL. I thought he came back a little bit early. Uh, I know they kept in that knee brace a bit longer, but as I just said before, with each week he's going to get better, boys. So I would expect him to be the top off form of mid last year in the next couple of weeks. So at a 17 break even, I, I don't think you lose your shirt over bringing him in. He'll have the knee strap for the rest of the year. I wouldn't stress about that. Hmm. Apparently they kept Toto in their knee brace an extra week. I remember saying at the time yeah, because yeah. he's because he's, he's too a excitable. He's a lunatic. <laughs> That's it. Turns up to what origin in sunnies. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, just real quick here, my second question about Tahu for people behind this week: Would you buy Tahu or Paddy Carrigan this week? Tahu. Hmm. Let me think. Okay, I'll come back to that. Look, I've got a couple of guys: Isaac Targo, Taylor May. Look for an exit. Uh, so slow exit, but they're not playing round 17. They're not quite into keeper status. They're just partly due to the fact that kick out is just drinking a lot of milkshake on that edge. Like he's kicking early. He's getting repeat sets. He's just running the line himself. And sometimes Targo is actually playing the edge position and kick out is playing, uh, one out from the edge. So, so, uh, kick out is playing really well and it just, there's only so many points on this wing. You're spot on, mate. Yeah, and in Luai too, um, is running the ball quite well. And yeah, well, that's that's what's so hard against this edge. There's no out of form yeah. players on this edge, which means yeah. is that they're splitting the points pretty well. And Tago's try was pretty lucky. Like really, like it was a deflection off um, whoever the fullback was. It was a man at the time. It was, was man. Oh, no, I can't remember. Yeah, so just sort of a deflect. It was a bit of a lucky try to to, bring, to pad his stats a bit. Mm. 
Yeah, exactly so. So look, Targo's DPP. With Aitken out, a number of people will be hurting. You can wait a week on these guys. It's a slow decline. They're not getting 12 points a game. They're getting 30s, so it's not a must. It's just a benefit option for you. Uh, Josh Curran, guys, uh, look good coming from the bench. Named at 13 this week, which is his preferred position. So uh, Chuck a star. He has dropped a bit. He's now down to 680K, I think, from Curran. Uh, yep, 680K. He dropped 53K last week. He's got a break-even of 77. So keep an eye on Josh Curran. Uh, again, the only downside is, is that you don't want to own Aitken, Curran, and Tohu all in the same team. So if you don't, keep an eye on Joshy Curran. Uh, speaking of uh, overloading with the Warriors, Wade Egan... Uh, 65 points uh, seems to be playing the full 80 and with Jazza prop and likely to stay there with the Ben Murdoch Masala injury uh, Egan could be that second hooker that your team needs because his price point is 130k below that of some of the other hookers out there so look he could bring him in but I'm not fully sold guys your thoughts on Wade Egan think there are better options out there to be i don't know yeah uh, i'm just having a quick look now he's sort of at his long-term price target i would say um i'm just trying to get rid of some of the noise out of the stats here just so i can have a quick he look a okay games he's had many injured games i think over the last uh, three years or so unfortunately um he's a bit he's... of a magnet which makes him even less appealing that's true he is a small dude and he doesn't appear that durable look he could make you 100k i i do think he can easily make you 100k 100 mm. totally agree with that so if you want a discounted uh bench hooker i've got no problems with that i would say though you would want a gun yeah. like a, a gun gun you couldn't you couldn't run i, I would say a money you need a grant or a cook mm. you know that's true that, or, or robson at the moment yep yep last one the big news this week a man so new to the game, he doesn't even have a player card yet. Ronald Rothman. <laughs> I looked to try and bring him in this week to, you know, play around with some juicy trades to see whether I can start spending my trades. Right, yeah, yeah, he'll come in tomorrow when uh, Fandom turn up for their two and a half hours a day. Uh, so, <laughs> well, you got to have an hour for lunch. you got to have a 30-minute smoko. So that gives him at least an hour to stuff everything up. Uh so two twenty. They probably vape. <laughs> <laughs> they probably do. No, these guys. Two twenty k, sixteen break even. He is the future of this team. He and um, uh, what's his name, Luke, from the Sharkies, uh, Luke Metcalf. They seem to yep. be the future halves over there at the Warriors. So, I like what's happening here. Is that Ronald Volkman is getting blooded in first grade? I don't like it is that he's about to get slapped. It's <laughs> My God. What side does SJ play on, fellas? The right? Yes. I think so, I, yeah. Yes. Okay, no, he so, does because it was, early with, it was with early Qatar early in the year. Okay, so that's fine. So at least he's not having Kikau running at him all night. He's having Liam Martin and running at him all night. Well, <laughs> Stephen Crichton. Stephen Crichton <laughs> and Brian Toto. Like, mate, far out. It's like out of the weeks. But then again, he'll get his baptism. Ronald Volkman is very highly prized. It's only due to the fact that uh, Sam Walker is so highly prized at the Roosters that they let him go to the Warriors. 
So, look, he's a real person of the future. He's one of those guys who every single rugby league reporter and all of the, uh, like, the former greats that have been talking about this guy for quite a while. So, you know what? He's got a five-star name. That's for sure. I might bring him in just on the name Volkman. That is dope. Mm, that's it. The only thing is, is that I reckon he might be blooded. I'm not sure how he will go. It is a 100 risk there is no eye test for this that i don't think any of us have for then i don't think there's much is there any reserve grade for ronald volkman i don't think there's much uh give me a sec but in the meantime i did have a think about that tohu and carrigan mm. i would say uh carrigan is the known quantity i reckon you could wait a week with tohu potentially yep Whereas Paddy, Paddy Carrigan, I reckon, um, I, I just think he's got a bit of a bit more urgency to him. Yeah. Personally. Oh, look, okay, uh, Volkman. Can, can, can you see Tohu Harris getting much, uh, Tohu Harris getting many attacking stats versus the Panthers? No, nah, he might rock up a few <laughs> tackles, but he'll probably get rolled over a few times too. So maybe yeah. wait a week on Tohu, guys. Must mm. buy next week. Um, Volkman, 34.2 in reserve grade in eight, 10 games, which is pretty good over a couple of years. So um, most of that is um, two-thirds of that's base. So that's pretty good. Okay. Not, not much attacking noise in there, really. And the um, kicking offsets the, the negatives, and he kicks for... Um, 184 meters. So he doesn't need many kick meters, you know. If he gets no kick meters, that's only a loss of six points. So he's still might average around 30, which can make um, not just 30 make here. Yeah. Actually, looking at that, I reckon Reece Walsh should pick up a couple of points just in kick meters alone Ooh. for those big clearing kicks this week. Thinking about that, great point. Though Toto so, is there as well. It looks like Volkman could make you about 150 to 200k. Excellent. Okay, well, look, Volkman, if you're still looking to get cashes in, though I don't know about you guys, I'm sort of at 13.5. I'm kind of not really pushing that hard for too much more value, trying to hold on to trades. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, that, that's the only thing there. But look, if you need some money or you need a good cash-out option, because you can't treat him as a cash-down option because you don't know whether he'll play next week. Agreed. So if you're looking for a cash-out option, Ronald Volkman's there. All right, guys, uh, look... I've got the Panthers by however many they choose to get this week, uh, as hard as they choose to play. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm deadly serious. If they if they turn up, I know you are. It could be well, depending if the Warriors give up. Though Tahu's there, they probably won't. It could be that Warriors situation where they just got absolutely creamed by the Storm if they pick yep. up an injury along the way. Yep, I wrote them by twenty four. Mitch, what have you got, mate? Could be anything. Uh, let's say let's say uh, Tohu keeps close let's go 22 yeah okay look I I think that's fair I do think that the Panthers they'll play the attacking structures no matter what so that it limits their downside but it sometimes means they don't win by 70 Uh, they won't (laughs) they won't kick for Xavier Coates 50 metres out Uh, boys we've got the uh, game of the week I reckon what do we got Stu okay we have the Eels versus the Roosters. So uh, we had the Roosters. Uh, Luke Keery's been named to play, but they'll watch him about that HIA. Hooker Sam Beryl's returns from a collarbone injury. Drew, Drew Hutchinson goes back to the bench. Paul Momorowski has been replaced in the centres by Billy Smith. 
There we go. Mitch, I know we talked about this earlier in the year that Billy Smith was a decent player. Well, look, Paul Momorowski is obviously... He, he let those tries into Marion Seve, so I can, can understand why he's been dropped. I think Nick and I were having an argument that I said Mommy was poop and he liked Mommy, and looks like I was right. Mommy is poop. There you go, mate. Sorry, mate. It shows you how good that Panthers team was good because look, made Paul Momorowski look good. Uh, <laughs> Egan Butcher has been added to the bench. Daniel Saluka Fafita has gone to reserves because he has just signed a, what, four, four or five-year deal with the Souths? So I'm not surprised. See you, mate. Yep, that's it. Okay, uh, what's happening with the Eels, Mitch? Uh, yep, so Paramount Eels, we've got Brad Arthur has stuck solid with the same 17 that shocked... <laughs> that suffered a shock loss to the Bulldogs on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta show faith in a team that doesn't perform. <laughs> Surely you just drop someone just to just to make it feel a bit different. Oh man, right? Even if it's just someone like Makatoa and you bring in like Bryce Cartwright for the week or something. Could you imagine oh. if you dropped like Mitch Moses for his son or something? That'd be, that'd be so good. That'd be so spicy, but that'd be that'd make my year. I, I enjoyed every bit of that Eels Bulldogs game with Emma being a Doggies fan. I, I do enjoy it when they, they get a win. And, you know, the Eels once again proved why I called them stinky at the start of the year and have refused to get off that and we'll continue to I'm off the Cowboys being stinky but the Eels are legit they are legit stinky you can't it's lose a to the coast of these Eels though. You, can't, you can't do it you're not a premiership contender um, and then guys Mike Acevo made a successful turn in his first NRL game since his ACL injury last year and he will be better for the run one would hope mm. alright I might kick us off real quick got a couple of super quick ones so Nat Butcher six, he got his 69 points I'm pretty sure in the end uh, it says it's 72 in other parts, but anyway, 69 here. Uh, look, Nat Butcher had a quiet week the week before, got 69 points. Uh, so look, uh, there's two issues here, is that Sam Verrills is back this week, uh, which means that Watson, Connor Watson, will move back more towards that middles role, which means possibly less minutes left uh, for Nat Butcher and his tackle maniac antics. So he got 50, for his uh, 69 last week, he did 56 tackles. Oh. So he's just a machine. But he'll just have a bit less time for that this week. So exit plan for Nat Butcher. He's up to, he's done really well for owners uh, who picked him up a few weeks ago. So Nat Butcher is up to 624K. He's got the 29 break even. Week or two. Time to go. Sorry, Nat. Uh, next one, Joey Manu, uh, 31 points. I said, guys, he's great at fullback and at 5'8", but he's an absolute trap. Uh, in the added, Just at his current price point uh, at centre, 671K, so avoid to buy. Just hold if you own him. He's still a great centre. He's 680K still. Uh, Will Penasini, 39 points. Uh Again, possible round 17 hold, but he's just, he's hit his absolute break even there, just like Targo and uh, May. He'll just slowly start shooting cash over the next little while unless he has a big blowout game. So think about who you're going to get. Mitch. Look, we've got a couple here, guys. James Tedesco, so 35 points, and that's not unexpected against the Storm. 
I think it really will be right to get James Tedesco after the origin period. He has been putting in 110% uh, for the Roosters over the last month or two and really carrying them uh, over a number of weeks and wins. And he certainly seemed to do the same for New South Wales. He was really their only spark in the second half of the game uh, with his running and change of direction up the middle. So really, I just think he's running a bit low on steam. I'm hoping he drops a bit of cash so I can turn Karaz or cooler into Teddy. And I, I just would think maybe the next few weeks you're just gonna have to deal with the roller coaster. I know that we said earlier in the year that the Roosters run home's pretty soft, and um, that's when I'll be looking to pick him up. If you have him though, he's he's an obvious hold. The other one, guys, Dylan Brown, so <laughs> crunched early by T TPJ. And we said last week that he uh, was gonna have uh, some inability to step and move and pivot the way he normally would, and that whack proved it. We're not really concerned about Dylan Brown. It is a ankle sprain. It's sort of a recurrent injury uh, that he's had previously. I think uh, he will most likely have another down week this week, though probably not quite as bad. Um, you know, the, the one line break assist for him is well down on what we've seen with his tackle busts and line breaks this year. I would think the week off uh, um, after this one should give him enough time to be back to normal. So if you don't have him and you're considering it, uh, it'll be after that second origin round. And if you do have him, once again, it's a sell and you're just going to have to cop uh, the week or two of down performances because he will be back in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, any arguments from you boys? No, mate. You're the expert on uh, that that type of player with that type of injury, I'd say. Yeah, yeah for sure. Look, I, I know that... Uh, you know, Mac, a friend of the pod, still pulled him in and I said, oh, did you listen to me? It's just like, yeah, I did, but, you know, I hoped it basically, you know, it's it wasn't true. He doesn't know what he's talking about. No, no, he didn't say that at all, but he was just like That's hoping that, that, that he plays every game and, you know, he, he had a lot of good points behind it, but it just means you just got to wear a couple of below performance rounds. But he'll, he'll as long as he comes good again. He won't lose his shirt, but you just lose a bit of cash, right? Because... Uh, what we reckon he might drop 50k over the next couple of weeks if he has another 37 weeks. So he dropped uh, he dropped 2k last week, and if he does 37 again, which I think he'll probably be closer to 40, ah, he loses you know 20k, all good. Yeah. So you might lose 40 points and 20k. That's not too bad. No. Uh, that's it. And oh, hold, I did miss one guy before, uh, Mitch Moses, uh, who's the other halves partner there, 43 points. So Mitch Moses, in that game, he showed the two reasons. One reason why you want him on your fantasy team. Uh, the great jip and chase and that line break that he made where he just ran through the line. His pace is phenomenal for a half. So he has real turn of speed. He's got a real good step to him and he's got an ability to break the line. So he was doing really badly, and but with those two plays, really showed his hand. He then absolutely dropped, would you call that the bomb of the year? I Absolutely. think that's the biggest bomb I've ever seen since Trent Barrett dropped it over the line in 2004 to beat the Raiders. Like, it was bad. I was uh, playing it to mum this morning just over and over and over <laughs> on loop. <laughs> just saying, oh, look, he, he beats the fullback, thinks he's got it, and Burton just didn't give up and see you later. Isn't, isn't that a comment on the difference between Matt Burton and Mitchell Moses? Oh, like, it is. Right there. For sure. That yeah. and about four. Burton's an origin player, and Mitchell Moses is not. That's it. So, look, uh, if you didn't hear it at home, Mitch Moses, he uh, he breaks the line. He goes, like, it gets a bit of an offload to him. He goes to score the try, slows down at the end to showboat for the crowd. Matty Burton runs up on him, slaps the ball out of his hand over the try line. 
So, and uh, yeah, seven tackle set to the Bulldogs. So, talk about turnarounds, right? Wow. Anyway, so Mitch Moses, uh, he's not the week to buy. He will drop some more points. I can't even sure that I can recommend Mitch Moses to buy this year. So, no. but definitely, look, this week is not to buy. You, I could kind of recommend him in 17. I prefer Adam Reynolds because I reckon they'll probably be pretty close to the same points cost by that point. Uh, okay, so Nick, who have we got? I'll just, I'll just, I'll just I'll fly through, guys. Joey Sawali, 378k, bagged 39 with a 33 break even. So his price was cut due to his HI a couple of weeks ago. Against the Sharks is a great bench player having a squad due to his DPP in the past the eye test. I do worry about Kiri potentially not being there, um, with, but with Tupu and Billy Smith on the right edge, I think. I mean, on the left edge, I think the Roosters will keep going right, and I think he looks ridiculously good in the air. I got him as a pretty good buy. Isaiah Papali'i, guys, eight eighty-two k, fifty points, eighty-two break-even in fifty-seven minutes. I'm worried, guys. Playing that lock linking role. It just, it broke my heart for long minutes. He did play some edge, I think, too. I don't like his lock roll for fantasy. He averages 54 in lock interchange at 62 minutes. This is not good. This is not good. He averaged 65.6 in 77 minutes on the edge. So I'll just go through those again. He averaged 54 in lock interchange. He averaged 65.6 on the edge from rounds 1 to 11. So it's 11 As a holder, I'm very nervous, and all other holders should be too, as you can't sell them, right? Mm. No, you can't, because he could easily get moved back to the edge. So, And, and you don't want to crystallize those losses. Well, they're not well you really may not losses. have got him at a loss, potentially, if you got him earlier, because he started like 780K, but so you got him for those that bought him mid-900s, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking at this bench too. It's, yeah, Papali, he's, he's kind of playing a bit of prop at some point. So he's going from lock. And then I think when Maddo comes on, I think he plays a bit of prop for a while and then comes off for a breather. And Nathan Brown comes on and Maddo moves to an edge. Like there, uh, There's a lot of middle slash edge forwards in this team. He's just not a lock. Like you watch a play, it just looks awkward being that link. Like, don't get me wrong, very skillful. But compared to his edge role, where he just runs the ball so hard, mm. just run hard, tackle hard, it's just so much better. But the phrase that comes to mind is that he right. beefs people. He just beefs them. Sorry, Mitch, I missed what you said. I think uh, sooner or later they'll come to their senses and he'll come back to the edge because he's their best player in that role. You'd be he scores tries there. Don't worry about just. He uh, does, man. Like he 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 gets he gets a few meat pies. I wouldn't stress. I I don't think hit the panic button. He will good. Come, he'll come Good. back. Just hold on, hold on, guys. Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't I'm the Roosters by four. What have you got, Mitch? I want to go the Roosters by four, but it's really the sort of game Parramatta is likely to come out pretty hot and heavy after that embarrassment against the Dogs. So I got them by ten. Yeah. Okay. And uh, look, I've got them by eighteen. I kind of want to go this game. Anyway, uh, at the Paris Stadium. No. Moving Not on. Daddy going. What? Wait, or is that next week? No, they're going next week. Never mind. Forget me. Awesome. Okay, uh, next one up. Uh, Raiders versus Knights. So, uh, real quick one through this one. Uh, Raiders team. Rapana's back. Uh, that's it. He's in the side. Uh, Josh Papali'i is in the starting side. Uh, he was on the bench. Now he's starting. Problem solved. Uh, Knights team. Nick. 
Alan Ponger has been named to play, but will need to pass the necessary concussion pro uh, protocols this week to play after failing his HI against Penrith. Kurt Mann moves into the starting side at Lock, where he was earlier in the year with Mitch Barnett going to second row. And Lachlan Fitzgibbon dropping to the reserves. Pasami Solo is the new face on the bench. Bradman Best Elbow is likely still a week away, guys. So okay. mm. I'll kick us off. Um, Tyson Frizzell, 698k, 55 Fantasy points, 44 break even, only 2.2% ownership for a fantasy stalwart. So um, he averages 57.8 in 80 minutes this year. So he's, I think he's undervalued by about 100K <laughs> with a price target of just over 800. So um, I'm very tempted due to his dragon ties. And, and uh, he's actually, he, he must be really hurting from not getting his origins, but he's a very prideful sort of player. So it's very tempting as an edge option and a bit of a pod. Um, my Just to object there, mate. Sorry, I don't love it. I think Tyson Brazil has not looked the business this year. I thought he looked. I think he's looked a hair off the pace. Uh, his runs look two or three yards slower. His tackles haven't been as strong. I wouldn't touch him. He does not pass the eye test. Uh, just because his price has dropped, wouldn't touch him. Don't like it. Yeah, I agree. I I just I just spotted the the stats and thought you know what like that's not I don't, it's a decent sample you know. Yeah. And, it's true, and, and the 55 versus the Panthers in a team getting slapped that shows That's you that true, he's up but... for it. It means is that you want to find those players who perform and do well no matter how bad their team's doing. Fine, well, it makes Perini's cheaper. He makes 30, 36 tackles and 115 run meters. That's pretty much it. You're not asking him to bust lines and tackles. Like, he only makes three tackle busts. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, he just does a little bit of everything pretty well. Yep. Okay, and look, we got Jakey Clifford. Uh, how are we feeling about him? 458k, 29 fantasy Ugh. points, 40 break even. Just, just, I think watch. I don't, I don't think you can bring him in. I think he's lost all historical equity with us. Just, I'm not touching him. Um, just keep a watch out. And if you bring him in, I will be disappointed. Mitch, what do you got, mate? Uh, I've got a couple here, guys. So Mitch Barnett, 53 points. Uh, and this was against a Panthers team that really gave them a beatdown. So a bit like what Stu said with Tyson for a little, this is what we're looking for. And possibly Barnett's the better option because he's almost 100K cheaper. There was some concern, I know Stu, you said of minutes and position, particularly as Man came back. I rolled the dice because I needed to and it looks like it's paid off because he is on the edge this week. Uh, with Lachlan Fitzgibbon dropping out. Look, Mitch Barnett is an excellent second rower. I think he's probably got a little bit more wiggle room as far as his price point. I reckon he can get up into the uh, mid to high 600s now that he's back to where he should be. The real issue is, is he's playing on a Knights team that's struggling. Uh, that said, I do think with Kurt Mann back at lock, that should help with a bit of their link play to their second rows and back. So perhaps we'll see a slight uptick in the Knights output. Uh, either of you guys owners of Mitch Barnett? I'm not, no, but I, I'm, I'm thinking about it this week. I know that there's some exit options uh, around for like a second rower. Uh, yep. Mitch, a lot of people are interested in Mitch Barnett as a replacement for you and Aitken. Maybe not to trade him mm. out, but like someone, a lot of people short second rowers. So, I think he's a good option. Yeah, I like him because he maintains the rage. It looks yep. like he's won that spot. And the Knights, what, what's the next five for the Knights? Uh, Fitz. So I'm looking at Lachlan Fitzgibbon just to rub it in there, mate. Uh, Here we Fitz. go. Yep, I've got, got it, mate. So we've got Raiders, Titans, Rabbits, Eagles, Roosters, Dogs. So that's pretty soft. 
Okay, yeah, it, that's it. it. It's a medium one, so they're not going to get absolutely pantsed. But competitive games are good because it means that it'll get some tackles, a few running meters. Excellent. Yep. I would also say that uh, Adam O'Brien is probably the worst coach remaining in the NRL. And he's doing absolutely everything in his power not to get cut. Yep, agreed. He'll, he'll be lucky to survive the season with what we've seen thus far. Oh. Um, the other one I've got is Xavier Savage. So 45 points, definitely not too late to get on Savage. He has a ridiculous upside. That said, uh, we have also said he has some head-scratching moments um, that is coupled with that brilliance. The only issue will be Ricky losing his patience with the errors and putting Rapana or Charles Nicol-Cogsack on his return into the fullback spot. I think there's a bit of cash left to be had with Savage and we've said it before, if you can work out and mature into this role uh, and not get banished to the Shadow Realm, there's definitely some points had, but I think with CNK still about a month off a return, you're not going to lose your shirt over Xavier Savage and uh, I believe the Raiders run is not ridiculously bad if I have a quick look. Uh, Raiders uh, NRL draw they have uh, Knights Dragons oh there's an easy one Storm Warriors Titans and then ugh, Panthers so three of the next or four of the next six are not too bad and you've got uh, the Storm and Panthers mixed in there so I think there's some points to be had for Xavier and then once Chance comes back you can cash back out to Teddy and that'll be almost perfect timing awesome Okay, uh, look, for me real quick, look, Dave Clemmer, I'd say it's probably a bit late for David Clemmer. Doesn't play yep. 17. Uh, and look, he's another guy who worked very hard, probably the third player in the Knights pack who worked really hard against the Panthers for 51. So he's maintained the rage. He's a bit of a pod buy, but I'd still probably want Paddy Carrigan a bit more. Adam Elliott, guys, I did want to chat about him real quick. 66 points for 60, in 61 minutes. Scored a try, tackle breaks. Now, um, plus lots of tackles, like good all-round stats. Is this a bit of a purple patch, or is Elliot back to sort of being like on the edge of being a keeper like he was at the Bulldogs? Nick? Nah, uh, nah I'm not particularly interested with him as a keeper. I think there are other, there are other options. Yeah, I'm just talking about like owners. Like, uh, is it like, do you want to sell him at some point, or are we just kind of keeping Absolutely. him? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, look to flog him. Look for an exit strategy. Okay, and uh, yeah, I guess wait for the wait for the bad game or the if you get shifted to the bench or something. I guess. Yep. Uh, look, uh, other one, Joey Tarpane, ninety-four points, fifty-three minutes. Now he's everyone's been kind of looking for Joey Tarpane from a fantasy point to really break out, and get some proper minutes. So you got a try assist, a line break assist, thirty-three tackles, six offloads, four tackle breaks, and two hundred and forty meters run. And I don't know whether you guys watched him, but probably about maybe, what, 90 of those were post-contact? Last, yeah, he, he carries people, that's for sure. Yeah, last four of 53, 64, 69, 94. So he's at wow. 700K. Uh, he's, he's uh, plus four games he's played between 53 and 62 minutes a game, which is way more than the 40-ish he's been getting up until recently. It's coincided with this purple patch of form for the Raiders. So, any of you guys interested in, in Joey Tarpane or do you reckon it's a bit late or, and Sticky's a bit of a risk? Mitch? Sticky's too much of a risk, but he's a great player. Mm. Nick, any disagreement? No. Yep, okay. Me too. I just, Sticky could always, he plays the eye test, doesn't he? Like, he, he, he very much plays the game by how well he thinks people are going. So, I yep. think yep. 
Jerry has a bad game, back to 35. Back to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> <laughs> like um, Corey Howard and Ira, doing well, doing well. Reserve grade, buddy. <laughs> Crazy O. Okay, last game of the weekend. Uh, 15th, I would have said this would have been 15th versus 16th, but actually it's 15th versus 13th. Uh, thanks, Titans, for sucking so much. Uh so we have the Bulldogs uh, Chris Patolo with the HIA misses um, Curtis, Curtis Moran who I've never heard of before starts on the bench for his NRL debut so Bulldogs are scraping the barrel uh, Raymond Fatale Mariner has been named in the starting side so he's a sneaky little pot out there Corey Waddell on the bench Luke Thompson still has those lingering HIA so sorry Rob if you listen to the podcast mate for your draft team Luke Thompson's still out uh, Avia Simafungi uh, has not been named after having a calf injury. So that's what, normally two to three weeks for that sort of thing, Mitch. Is that right? Bit of a calf strain? Uh, it would depend on the grading. Um, they can be a little bit tricky to overcome. Um, I'd go two weeks. Easy. So look, uh, there we go. So look, uh, debutant uh, Curtis Moran. Well done, mate. Uh, who else have we got here so on the Tigers team uh, Nick what's happening big news Adam Dwayne makes his long awaited return from a knee construction uh, reconstruction on the interchange bench and a huge boost for the Tigers Asu Kapoa uh, takes the place of the suspended Brent Nade in the centres Luciano Lua has been granted an immediate release to join the Cowboys for the remainder of the season Kelma Tuolangi who is our pre-season catch cow, moves from the bench back to the starting side just to break all fantasy managers' hearts. Farmer Brown has been one of the nice uh, stories of the year, earns a recall on the bench at the expense of Jock Madden. There we go. Look, I'll, I'll do just a real quick shout-out here. So, look, Alex Twal and Joe Offengawi. So, uh, 66 points for Alex Twal, 56 for Joe Offengawi. So, we've been sleeping on these two players all year pretty much. Uh, but they've been the backbone of this pack this season. So they've been carrying the team on their backs a lot of weeks, uh, especially with uh, st- injuries to Stefano Udokamanu and a number of other players playing injured or not playing well at all. So they're not, neither of them are the five captains in this team, but they're both uh, captains as far as fantasy is concerned. I think they're fully priced out, but just wanted to give them a quick shout-out I know people have been looking at Joe Offengawi as like a potential pod, and he has been playing really well, but it's the Tigers. I, I, they worry the heck out of me. Uh, Mitch, what have you got, mate? I've actually got a couple of boys, but I'll week through the quick ones. So we called this one last week. Jackson Hastings, 29 points, just the one tackle rank, and most worryingly, only 140 kick meters. We called it last week. Eject if you haven't already. His foot is not right. And I don't think it'll be right for at least another three to four weeks. And I really do think we have a Dylan Edward sort of situation, uh, which unfortunately affected his run meters. But with Jackson, we're also not getting the kicks or the conversions. Uh, Jacob Carraz. So there is no test more powerful than Nick's eye test. This guy makes tackle breaks like vintage Tony Williams. The move to center at different periods of the game was an absolute masterstroke. I thought Carraz was giving the nightmares the Eels nightmares on his first hit up and runs out wide. He had 229 metres, gained six tackle breaks, four offloads and a meat pie. 
I was really high on this guy the first time I saw him play and uh, unfortunately he couldn't crack the starting side but the minute he got that locked up spot I uh, jumped in there definitely is some risk as he is playing on a uh, Bulldogs team that has been pretty ordinary um, I would say this is the absolute last week if you don't already have him um, even at his current break even I do think eventually the Bulldogs will slow down um, Nick I know you did have him any regrets in cashing him out after I give off those stats mate 100% especially that try where he turned um, Guffo inside out it was unreal. Uh, I think uh, he's the business, and I said it at the start. Uh, apparently, and th- this is just me reading a bit of Fox Sport, is that he gave like a bit of a verbal slap to Corey Allen after they got beaten by the Panthers last week too. So that's sort of sparked he's a bit He's got of, attitude, that's for sure. Yeah, he's sp- apparently sparked a bit of turnaround in the senior players because, you know, he's going all these guys just like a bit, they're okay with the loss, and he's like, stuff that. So he, he's got a bit of dog in him. He's a true bulldog player. Like I look at him he is. and go, he's archetypal bulldog player. And it's sort of the thing I'd want to see out of TPJ who could also be that type of player. He came um, out with some attitude this week. He came out like he was yeah. in the WWE at some points. They they looked like <laughs> they looked like the uh, dogs of old. Dogs of war. <laughs> which, which, you know, as an NRL fan, we, we, we like to see a grubby bulldogs. We like to talk talk smack about them when they are like that. They've really been, you know, the puppy dogs of war. It's been not good at all. Uh, so TBJ, let's move on to him. I actually continue to have a bit of concern for TBJ Stu. He did have the odd good hit uh, and only managed 40 minutes, which I think we pretty well predicted. I felt like he lacked punch through the line and at times avoided having to tackle where he could. Takeoff speed was also down and again, this was not expect- unexpected. Um, he was an eject last week and probably still remains one if you're an overall player. If I had the trades, I would have done it probably uh, after Magic Round. I'll update you all when I think he's looking back to normal. I wouldn't hold your breath. I really do think it'll be a week-to-week proposition. That said, he could find a way. I think he looked a little bit better than the week before he um, had to have the time off. But, um, you know, I think TVJ is effectively he's a He's named at lock this around. week, though. Last week he was named at prop. This week he's named at lock. I think that's a better position for him. Yeah. I think it gives him a bit more ability to dig into the line, kind of like a Jack DeBellin style of player, um, uh, but better runner. And I would also say that I reckon a lot of um, a lot of stopping the Eels, he absolutely folded, like not even folded, he just he crunched, absolutely crunched Dylan Brown early on in that game, and it hurt. You could see Dylan Brown was not the same. There was a lot of gas taken out, and it was not recharged for Dylan Brown after that hit by TPJ. Just came out of the line, hit him hard, and he got up, hobbled a bit, and he didn't play the same for the rest of the game, Dylan Brown. I think if the dogs play with the sort of rage they showed last week, I'm feeling a bit better about having three of them on my team. And that brings me to the final bulldog I have on my team, which is Josh Jackson. 61 points, uh, 53 tackles, and only two missed tackles, along with 83 metres run. Uh, Solid base stat options for those who are scared off Aiken, Torhu, Harris, or Haas. He's a nice, solid player. He'll be high 50s, low 60s. He's kind of like a uh, Jake Drewovich of 2020. Um, and he's on a team that looks like they might have maybe found a little bit of a spark. And and against this Tigers team, I wouldn't be surprised if he churned out another 61. The other thing I'd say is he now has that 80 minutes locked up since uh, he's stint off with COVID. So uh, certainly still a bit of a buy if uh, you're looking for someone a little bit more reliable than the players I just listed. 
Excellent. Uh, look, I'll go with one more, and then I'll get Nick to to go with his last one. Uh, Raymond Fatala Mariner. So he has returned from that terrible Liz Frank injury, so which is a really good uh, good outcome for him. So he's three seventy six k. He's still below his starting price of four hundred. Got a forty two last week, nineteen break even. So if you're looking for a cash down option, like you need an edge forward this week, you don't have too much money to spend. Maybe you're trading in one of your emergency players to just fill in. Uh, Raymond Fatala Mariner looks pretty good. Their bench at the Bulldogs is so light at the moment. They're playing what a twenty seven year old debutant. They're playing Corey Waddell, uh, Joe Stimson. And a guy who I've never heard of until today. Probably so. the other thing I would add to that, Stu, is I think I said a few last podcast or the one before they'll build his minutes. He's probably only a week or two away from being able to play the 80. And pleasingly, four tackle busts. I like to see that. Four tackle busts and an offload means he's starting to punch through that line a little bit more, which means that acceleration and uh, and uh, takeoff speed off the mark is uh, looking better and better. Mm-hmm. So... Well, the, we're, if, we're getting close to the time to get on him if well, you're going to do it. If that's the case, this if he's looking close to back to himself, there's 200, somewhere between 200 and 275 grand to be made off RFM if he, if he gets back to where he was because he was a 650k player. So he did this exactly in, in uh, 2020 and so you, you could be in for a good time. Uh, Nick, I have four Bulldogs on my team, but... Ooh, yeah, no, that's... Okay, yeah. Make sure you don't overexpose to a team. Uh, or overexpose to anyone. Oh, wait. I do have four Bulldogs on my team. I have five. <laughs> Thank you, Nick, for picking up on that joke. Okay. Uh, speaking of over, overexposure, Nick, how you going? Uh, Curtis Morin, guys. Uh, he's the GOAT. Bring him in. No, just a quick uh, reserve grade stats. He plays, he plays in the middle with a 0.68 PPM, so I don't get particularly excited. Um, <clears throat> 30 fantasy points in 44 minutes. I mean, yeah. he obviously could make money, but I'm expecting about a 20-minute roll, so don't bother. He's no um, max king. No, 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 no. Not at all. Um, back to... Um, uh, Matty Burden, just a quick shout-out. Bring him in if you don't have him. Uh, Jake Avrillo, uh, 373K, 55 points, minus four break-even. Feels like going to the casino if you want to bring in Jake Avrillo. He makes elementary errors at fullback, but shows his talent and ability with the ball in hand. I wouldn't be surprised if he was dropped. Um, you really miss out on him when he was named at fullback, I think, because um, he was sort of low 200K or mid-200s. Now he's back up to nearly 400 he could get dropped just for, as I said, elementary error. So I'd avoid. Guys, yeah, put in there? I don't know. They, they really can't. Don't they, know. they can't. Oh, Corey Allen. Uh, Corey Allen. He can play fullback. Uh, he, um, he's the guy who got slapped by Karaz. But, um, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm Aver- just Averillo's upside's way high. I think Averillo's got the spot until he, he really whiffs hard. Okay. I, would I you recommend others with the buy them? The people, the listeners? Yes. No. Yeah, I would recommend other players, but no, I, I, uh, w- I would, I would recommend uh, Avrilo as as a buy. Whoa! So uh, I, I would say that there's better ones though. I would at three seventy three k, I'd probably go and get uh, Joseph Suwali first, or I would get Cooler, or I would get Savage, or I would get yeah Karaz. But I, okay, so, so I, he's not I really buying. You know, five people. Emer- 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 is hot 
Emma wants him on her Hot Boys team, and I'll let her do that this week because it's not a stupid buy now. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Um, I've got the Tigers by two and now butter between the uh, toilet bowl. Uh, what have you got, Mitch? Oh, Bulldogs by 20. Oh. I think if this team keeps up the rage, they might actually uh, upset a few more teams. Yeah, and I've got the Bulldogs by 18. I think Matty Burton has finally worked out that he's the man. He's the absolute be-all and end-all in this team. And I'll take it a step further. Matty Burton's going to find himself in uh, a centres jersey in two weeks' time for New South Wales because he is the business. He is the business. And I, if, they pick, if they pick bloody Zach Lomax over him, I'm going to have a fit. I would too. Yeah, me too. Lomax. That Cowboys performance from Lomax just showed he's nowhere near. No. He's not an origin player. Matt nowhere Burton. Near. Matt Burton is big yep. and nasty. He can play anywhere and he's an origin yep. player. Yeah. Yep. Matt, look, look, Matt if, Burton, if, Jack Whiten on the centers. Oof, I yeah. certainly like that. Yeah, look, if they pick Steve Crichton, I wouldn't hate it. But Matty Burton, it gets you excited. And even Steve Crichton, Matty Burton, and you got Jack Whiten at 14. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Okay, so next up we have the to the moon segment so that's the praise for the lowest break even this weekend any guess who's got the lowest break even this weekend um no well Lockie Miller but he's not named so uh, <laughs> but out of all the guys that are named Jack, uh, Xavier Savage still got a minus 11 yeah, yeah. 322k so he's still got a week to get on him uh, Ezra Mam minus 6 Jake Avrilo minus 4 uh, Grant Anderson minus three. Uh, Ken Mamalo has got to break him to one, as does Marion Seve, who he said do not buy. Jason Saar, but break even to four. Buy him and then watch him at the bottom of your list make you sad the rest of the year. Sam McIntyre, a break even to four, though David Fafita is due back soon, so not a buy. Talatau Cooler, break even to four. Uh, Maddie Moylan. Somebody didn't mention, but actually had a decent game on the weekend. Break him into five. He's got an axe to him. He does. That's why I didn't bring him up. I didn't even write his name down. Uh, you know, and there's a whole bunch of guys who scored pretty well over the weekend after that. Uh, so uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to ride the pain train, Billy Smith has a break even of nine. <laughs> he scored 92 points this year for people who bought him at the beginning. Uh, okay, guys, uh, captains this week. So I have Cleary versus the Warriors. It's pretty simple. And I've got Hines as my backup because he's the best VC going. Mitch? And a million bucks for Cleary for a reason. Yeah, Nick? Yeah, Nick's got Cleary. Or I think his mic's fallen off, or perhaps. I don't know. You there, Not Nick? again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was on mute, boy. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, got, I, got, I got Cleary. I've definitely got Cleary, obviously. I'm He's yelling down the doing... phone. I've got Cleary, Dan. <laughs> Guys, stop ignoring me. Uh, I'm actually uh, thinking about Burton after. Um... Oh, I don't know how yeah, I hate that. I I've just got to think about it, okay? Oh, that is um, Hines, Hines is a safe. It's just vice captain, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah. That's true, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Look, the real spicy pick would actually be picking uh, Burton as captain this week. Okay. Uh, oh, so, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Okay, so trades this week. So real quick, uh, I want to get in Paddy Carey this week, uh, whether I trade out uh, Targo for that and shuffle some people around. If I can make that happen, I will. So probably one trade, maybe two this week. I really don't want to trade you and Aitken uh, to get him, but I might. Uh, really don't want to. 
Mitch? <laughs> uh, no trades for me this week. Um, I only, I'm down to 10, and I've got a 600k war chest sitting there waiting for James Tedesco to drop and Ryan Pappenhausen to drop, and I need to save it for that. Uh, and I'll be close and close, pretty close to my final team at that point. Awesome. Nick? Yeah, I'll probably look at um, Carrigan's probably the main one, but I don't know who to flog, so I'll probably have to think about that. I we'll have to bring in, uh, what's his name, Kurt Morin um, to cash down to fund it, but we'll see. No, you got to bring in Ronald Volkman. That's an awesome <laughs> no, That's what I'm doing. Sorry, Ronald Volkman. That's it. He'll be out tomorrow. All hey, right. guys, questions for other people. Andrew Brown, don't want to trade this week. Need every round 17 player can get. Have Jackson Hastings frowny face. Uh, Jackson Hastings. Uh, if you're you with ex- get rid of him. Yeah. He's- Log him. He's, uh, he's, he's injured. He's trade, just man. busted. If Dewey was fit, Hastings would get a week or two off to get himself right. Yep, agreed. I think but, we said that last week. Yeah. And and I agree with it. So... Uh, 577k, who could you flog him for that has a buy this week? Or does it... Who's playing round 17? Luke um, Brooks. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> no, Mitch Barnett. Mitch Barnett. Yeah, but what if he needs a half? If you need a half, Ezra, man. Yep. 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 Uh, cool. Next one. Just, just cop the trade. Just cop, cop the yep. trade. Cop the uh, or real spice. A uh, real super spice on this one. Uh, Sean Johnson. Oh, no, too much spice. Too much He's spice. Got the <laughs> he, he does have the axe. Uh, no, the other half for the storm. Oh, Jesus. Hughes. Jerome Hughes has dropped a lot yeah, of for 40k points. Yeah. Uh, for 40k, you go and get him. He's been dropping money like crazy. Oh, He's got to break him at 70. No, no, that's not spicy. That's a no-brainer. 600k a no-brainer. and round 17, he plays yep. with no partner. Do that. Do that. He'll Do play that. with friggin' Tyron Wishart. Oh, that is an absolute no-brainer when when he gets the band back with Pappenhausen and some of that back line gets healthier. Yeah. Ex- yeah, that's, excuse that, me I like while that. I put a star in Jerome Hughes while I'm thinking about it. Moving on. Uh, next week after he gets over that break even. Uh, next one up. So, Andrew Brown, go and buy Jerome Hughes. Uh, Harley McDade, what's the fellas thoughts on Haas playing wronger minutes with that shot recurring shoulder injury? Mitch, I believe you've answered that one fully. Yep, uh, he won't is the short answer. They've got a great forward pack. They can afford to play in 50, 55 minutes through the origin period. Uh Kevy's a great coach. He'll do just that because he wants to win a premiership, not finish top four. Next yep. question. Okay, Tony uh, Lewicki or Lowkey. Uh, do I swallow my pride and buy back Burton after I sold him for five hundred and eighty k? Should have listened yeah, to the buddy. pod, bro. Yeah, should have held. Are we buying Burton? Oh, yep. he's got a lot. He's pretty close to priced out. He's slapping out eighty fours. He's not. Do oh, jeez. I, he's the keeper center of the year. You can just put him in and don't worry about it. I'm going to keep a half. I'm going to keep a half now. Gee, it depends if you believe in the bulldogs. No one believes in the bulldogs. Well, this is the thing about Bernie. You don't believe in the bulldogs, but you believe in him. He's like he, Batman. I don't. Uh, I don't. He, him and uh, his old mate on the wing there, who he can just kind of kick for for a try for free every month. Oh, by the way, can we see the fox back in Origin? For God's sake, bloody Tupo the fox! That Brad Fittler should be banned coaching Origin too for that decision. My uh, God, that, that's why I thought you could actually have uh, Burton and the fox next to each other. It'd be pretty funny. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ! Um, oh, you could do it, but I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. 
Um, it is a lot of have. money. I don't know if I like it. And Huss, you're training a keeper for a keeper. Oh, I don't know. I don't love it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Tony, uh, Mitch doesn't love it. I say probably not Haas. Find a different way. Yep. Uh, that doesn't mean... You probably need to get Burton in because yeah. he is the keeper centre, but you're paying full freight nearly. Yeah. Trade two people who aren't keepers to go and get Burton. Uh, Ian William, g'day boys. Uh, hope the long weekend treated you well. It did. I went to the park. Uh, at the start of... Uh, who would have thought that the Broncos versus Raiders would have been a good game last week? That's very true. Uh, Rand 7 is coming. Who are the best non-origin players we should be looking at? Uh, I think we'll do like a... Probably we're doing a bit of a report card thing for the wrap round and we'll talk about round 17 players, mate, Ian. So we'll talk about that then. Uh, discounting yeah, but Moses. Quick, but quickly, you got Sharks, Storm, Tigers, Eels... Knights, Rabbitohs, Broncos, Dragons. So you're looking at, um, you know, if Hines, if he doesn't play Origin, Jerome Hughes. Um, Jerome Hughes. Azar Papali'i. Yes. Tyson Brazel for the Knights. Mitch um, Barnett. Latrell Mitchell potentially for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, Mitch Barnett. Uh, oh, Broncos, he'll, be, he'll be playing Origin by that point. Well, we don't know. We don't know. I'm just saying if he doesn't. Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's true. Um, there's not too many other players that you want left in your team. Adam Reynolds. You don't want Adam Reynolds by round 17. He won't be right. The the coin? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because there's an extra week off in between. So there's probably three weeks between it'll now be, and then. It'll be, oh, it'll be touch and go. Touch and go? <laughs> you don't want anyone <laughs> thought, at the Dragons? Can you imagine if you bought Luciano Leilua think he's got to play round 17 and then gets yeeted from, <laughs> <laughs> and moved to the other side of the draw so he misses round 17 as well? Oh. Anyway, sorry. No, that's side. gross. Uh, possibly Dylan Brown if he's right by there. Yes, agreed. Mitch Moses actually not a bad buy. Yes, Dylan will Brown be will be right by there. Six hundred k as well. Yep. Okay. Uh, what to do with the Penrith back line? We've talked about that. Uh, Burton is going to be expensive center. Have we missed the boat? We've just talked about that. Haas. Get him. Move on. No, hold him. Do not trade keepers. Haas will play bigger minutes as the season goes on. Just, get, just right. get through the origin period. Just wear yeah, it. Yeah, you just have to it. wear it. Find another way to get Tamalolo. Move off Aitken. We've probably said no. Uh, primed for... And look, this is the big one. The reason why, Ian, I love your work here. 350k in the bank to get my team primed for post-origin discounts. Man, if you're a head-to-head player, you're an absolute gun because it means you've got that cash there. You're going to be picking up these cut price. Everyone else is like me. I'm going to be rolling around with Toby Sexton and friggin' Adam Elliott in my team, and you're going to be rolling around with, uh, you know, Cam Murray and and Munster. So good work. Nath Barker, Nofaluma, highest offloads, stupid low break even, doesn't play rep. Last free average of 50%, ownership 1%. And he got him in to be rewarded with a 20. So, is Nofaluma a keeper or a sell? He's well, he, on the worst team in the league. Can't he's off, off the basement price he was. Yeah, the Tigers think you're right, Mitch. 567k. Hastings not going well is worrying, isn't it, too? Yeah. Uh, time to sell. Coach is gone. Team is stinky. Not even Nofaluma can make this team good. Yeah. Uh, is it a hard sell? 36 break even? You could no, hold that. It, it's not a hard sell versus the Bulldogs this week, but I no. yeah, reserve the trade. You know you're going to be trading him. Uh, you could turn him into Toto, but Toto's playing Origin. That's the only issue about buying him 
is that you've mm. still he's still got to get through two gross games because you know that he plays 100% tough. Um, and he came back last year, not right. Uh, Alex Pugh. So, look, Nath, save it up, but you can probably wait a week. Uh, last question, Alex Pugh. One of the people who traded Tao Malolo, so don't, he doesn't know if he can bring, bring himself to get him back into the team. Guys, should you bite the bullet and bring him back in Jason Tamalolo? Mitch? I did. On your, oh, I think it depends on your trades. I think if you're low on trades, we know that Lolo has been very up and down and that score was without Cotter playing. Um, so there's definitely a bit of risk attached to Tamalolo. I think if you're looking at something like that, Mitch Barnett's probably a little bit safer. Um, if you've got the cash, maybe Paddy Carrigan's a little bit safer. Uh, Lolo is most likely going to be good but we have seen him yo-yo about and that 66 was in a team that sucks as in a team you know, playing the Dragons without two of the bigger minute players in that team who do do a lot of work up the middle so you might do the two date rule and just wait one more week um, but it's really I think depends on your trade situation right boys yeah I, I look I'm a little bit stronger on Tamalolo just yeah, I think bring him in absolutely I'm having a look at his his recent look at the moment. um before he went down with that rest and then the injury with Cotter. That's that's what you're looking at. Yeah, so we're looking at the 61, 51, 62, 53, 55, and then he got rested with the 38, the 20, and the eight. Oh no, 38 versus North Queensland, which is just a slow game. 20 versus the Tigers because he got rested and the eight with the injury. All right, so with averaging say 55 over the next couple of weeks. He can get himself to 640k. Yeah. Averaging averaging 55 in the next few weeks, you just leave him in his team. You put him on the bench or in the middle, and you just yeah. put him on the DPP. I think he's bench. a cup price keeper. Yeah. I, I certainly will keep him for that role, but as I said, if he's a bit low on trades, there is a little bit of risk attached to it. There is. I, yeah, I agree with that. The, the tr- there is a little bit of risk, but I would, I would put him as your cup price keeper for the year. You chuck him in in the middle, you leave him alone, and therefore, you've just saved yourself a trade somewhere else. So, because uh, uh, out of the value picks this week in the middle, there are no other close to value picks like Jason Tamalolo. There's no one who would price equally as good within about 100K. Yep. Yep. Uh, Angus Crichton's a better player. He's also 160 grand more. Yep. All right. Uh, guys, that is the end of the questions. It's very late. Uh, wrap up thoughts. Nick. Um, I think I'll uh, just say that I left it out on the field tonight, guys. Oh. Thanks for giving 110%. Oh, far out. I was about to go and give Mitch a hard time for talking about leaving it all out on the field. And then you I go and do it. I was going to say it. You stole I know. my freaking phrase. And you <laughs> stole... I, I was saying. about to have got Mitch for saying the phrase, Nick, you've stuffed us both with that. <laughs> oh, now I've got to come up with something else. I've got nothing left in the engine, boys. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I, I just like to give all credit to the boys uh, yeah. and to Phil Gould. So thank you, Phil. I'm yep, sure you're I'll making hear. the game better every week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least he's making the Bulldogs vaguely better. Uh, all right. Anyway, thank you, guys. Thank you to the listeners. If you made it all the way through this, we really appreciate your work. Um, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Mitch, for your expertise as always. And. Uh, thank you to the chief sponsor, which is me. So uh, all in all, uh, this is the Boomer Bust podcast for week 15 signing out.